Daily Planet Extra. playing an intricate game and has made pawns of us. I think it's something more, something darker. Great men and women of the world have always been defined by their enemies. What have you done? You hold the future of the entire planet in your hands. You'll never threaten the world again. You created a breach connecting our two Earths. Sometimes things go so horribly wrong that the only way to fix them is by starting over. My intellect, your powers, together we could rule this world. Divided, we are not enough. We do this together. As a team. The Man of Scream. everybody welcome to episode 28 of man of screen extra i am your host mike zumo and this is going to be a very unique episode of uh, man of screen extra to give credit where credit is due this episode is the brainchild of uh, one of my co-hosts on fear of the walking dead cast brian hughes and recently uh brian uh sent out um, a message to a bunch of us in the uh two true freak circle and uh basically wanting to uh do a show talking about the state of the uh, Marvel and DC cinematic universes. And it doesn't really fit into the uh, format of the show he does with Tim Elliott, Third Degree Burn, which is a uh, which is a look at the work of our comics writer-artist John Byrne. And at the same time, it doesn't really fit into the index-like nature of my show, the, the Man of Screen podcast, though. So. And in the absence of kind of like a uh, Two True Freaks Presents type of show, being that I was able to uh, join Brian for the recording, we decided to turn it into an episode of Man of Screen Extra. So I'm going to be quite honest, this is really uh, not my episode. This is really uh, Brian's baby. We're just uh, releasing it on my feed. But uh, since we're uh, releasing this as a Man of Screen Extra, I do want to do my usual feedback segment. So I'm going to get to that right now. My feedback here is from Dave McElvenny. Dave was writing in on the last episode in which I talked about Batman. Dave writes, I enjoyed listening to you and your guests discussing Tim Burton's Batman, along with each of your Batman fan origins, and tangentially, some thoughts on other Batman movies. I always enjoy listening to conversations between fans about comics, movies, TV shows, and things they're passionate about. I was 33 when this movie hit the theaters, and I was one of those fans whose first thought when I heard of Michael Keaton's casting was, Mr. Mom is going to be Batman? Really? I mainly knew him from comedies, and I wasn't hopeful about that. But then I remembered how much I'd enjoyed his work in the movie Clean and Sober, and realized he might be good as Batman. Viewing the movie actually confirmed this for me. 
and I really think he is one of the very best actors as Batman in live action. As a longtime comic book reader, the differences in the movie from the comic book source material was a bit odd for me. I don't think we as an audience need any sort of origin for the Joker, for example, but I got past that and really enjoyed this movie. I find this is not an uncommon reaction from my old Silver Age brain. Big deviations from the stories I love from the comics usually cause some cognitive dissonance, but I can usually resolve that after some time. Sometimes that takes longer than others, but most of that is on me, rather than the filmmakers. Like you, I don't really get too worked up about casting anymore. While I generally enjoy this movie, my one big problem is that Batman is too murdery for my taste. I realize that this is a Batman that many fans prefer. I guess, again, my Silver Age brain balks at this. I grew up with a Batman who was best friends with Superman and both of them, along with all the rest of the Justice League and superheroes in general, had a strong code against killing. I know that people of my age and era are not a preferred target audience for most modern versions of these characters, but I find myself echoing Martin Luther saying, Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Live long and prosper. Dave. So as always, uh, thank you, Dave, for writing in. And I don't have a ton to add to uh, Dave's letters. He's basically kind of piggybacking on what me and my guest uh, talked about in the last episode. Dave came at that movie from a different place than he and I did because both of us learned a lot about Batman from this movie and uh, neither one of us really knew about Joe Chill before uh, reading it in the comics after seeing this movie. So for that reason alone, the Joker killing uh, Bruce Wayne's parents and some of the other changes really didn't have that big of an impact on us. And uh, I do agree about Batman being too murdery. And and I find it interesting that it's somewhat forgotten that Batman was murdery in both this movie and in Batman Returns. And again, I find some inconsistency about why that is bemoaned in Batman v Superman and not here. I mean, that's not a comment on the quality of Batman v Superman versus this movie and Batman Returns, because I do enjoy, especially Batman from 1989, I enjoy that much more than I do Batman v Superman. I'm just looking for some consistency in fan arguments, and not, and I'm not interested in uh, giving one film a hard time over something a previous film has also done. That kind of criticism, I think, is a little unfair. So, there's that. I really have uh, nothing uh, else to add. And uh, also, uh, since I've recorded the last Man of Screen Extra, Dave has uh, responded to my call for him to comment on Justice League versus The Fatal Five, which he's finally seen. So, Dave wrote about that. Greetings, Mike. Well, I broke down and rented Justice League vs. Fatal Five, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, as I was sure I would based on your Man of Screen Extra episode covering it. Even though it wasn't a true team-up of teams, since the Justice League only worked with Starboy, we did get to see both teams in action against the Fatal Five in their own separate times, which was good. In Starboy's memory of the Legion's battle with the Fatal Five in the 31st century, Saturn Girl reminds Thom that, if he misses even a couple of doses of his meds, the meds will stop working for him and he'll have to leave the Legion. Since we have to assume, in all his time in Arkham, he's missed quite a lot of doses, we have to think that even if he were to return to his own time, the meds would be ineffective and he'll have to give up being a superhero. Being a superhero was clearly central to his sense of self since he keeps telling people that he is one. And that makes his sacrifice at the end even more important since it allows him to die with his boots on. I like that. I also like the moment after Batman said he didn't want to train a teenager that Miss Martian shapeshifted into Robin. Another thing that I especially liked was in the fight on Oa when Green Lantern Salak, seeing what they're up against, says fart nuggets, which I guess is about as close to shit as we're likely to hear in an animated Justice League movie. At least, I hope it is. I actually laughed when I heard it. Thanks again for your coverage of this one and for inspiring me, finally, to watch it for myself. Live long and prosper, Dave. So, uh, thank you, Dave, for writing that in. Uh, I really don't have anything to add to what Dave wrote, but, uh... His comment about Salak saying uh, fart nuggets and that being uh, as close to shit as we're likely to hear in an, in an animated Justice League movie. I thought we heard someone say shit in this movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just misremembering. But I do remember there being a, some complaint from at least one person about the uh, language used in this film. So thank you, Dave, for writing in there. I appreciate your comments as always. All right. So now I'm going to take a podcast uh, promo break. And uh, 
When we come back, Brian Hughes is going to uh, lead us into our discussion on the state of the Marvel and DC Cinematic Universe. Hang around, folks. Love him or hate him, everybody's got something to say about John Byrne. He ruined the X-Men when he left. That John Byrne, he's a sexist pig. The only thing bigger than John Byrne's ego is... Oh, wait, there isn't anything bigger than John Byrne's ego. John Byrne, oh, he he just draws the greatest butt on Superman. It looks so good. John Byrne is the greatest artist I've ever seen. Wait, who is he? John Byrne's 1986 Man of Steel series gave us the core reimagining of Superman that is still with us today. Third Degree Byrne, a podcast about all things John Byrne. The good, the bad, and the legendary. Join Tim Elliott and Brian Hughes as they look over the nearly five decades body of work of one of the most influential comic book creators in the last 50 years. Third Degree Burn can be found at twotruefreaks.com and on iTunes. I got a question though, I just am curious. Why doesn't Green Lantern have any junk? Welcome to a brand new episode of Two True Freaks. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to call this. Is this mindless dribble or is this man on screen? What do you think, Mike? It's either. It could go either way. It's, it could uh, go either way. Okay. It's either, so, man of screen, it's either man of screen extra or mindless dribble. It could be either one. Okay. Well, if it's man of screen extra, then I've got to introduce Mike Zimmo first because that's his show. Say hi, Mike. What was that? <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. What, what, wait, what am I doing? Well, I'm just saying, you know, if, if this is a man on screen extra, then I need to introduce you first because okay. it's your show. So I'm, I'm just saying hi. All right. Hi. Yeah. It's very, I feel like it's very weird being a guest on my own show. <laughs> yeah. And um, we also have joining us here uh, Patrick Delmore. Patrick, do uh, you want to tell everybody something about you? Cause... Yeah, you can uh, listen to me talk about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation over on uh, Next Generation's First Generation, and uh, I'm doing movie commentaries this summer at Two True Freaks on our Shore Leave series, and you're doing Star a Trek lot of movie commentaries. You're doing a lot of them, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, you're very prolific in that regard. Cram in from 1989, yeah. And then we have Mike Carlisle. Uh, now, Mike has been on some of the, the Third Degree Burn podcasts. Mike, have you been on any other shows outside of that? Uh, no. No, I haven't. No. And uh, Mike is one of my oldest friends from college, and uh, I just love him to death. And he always brings up some pretty good uh, conversation. He's very provocative in that regard, and uh, he just might offend you. So that's you know what I'm hoping <laughs> today. <laughs> And I, of course, I'm people. Great. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, of course, am Brian Hughes from Third Degree Burn and Fear of the Walking Dead cast. Of course, Mike Zimmo uh, joins me on that podcast uh, uh, more often than not. And um, while we talk about Fear of the Walking Dead, we what talk do you mean about more often than Dead. not? I'm a regular now. 
You are a regular, and that's great. I mean, <laughs> you've been, like I say, you've been on there more often than not. I'm I'm the guest that showed up one day and just kept coming back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for me, for me, it's uh, myself and my wife, and typically, if she's not there, I'm not either. But right. uh, but we're doing pretty good, and we we just put out a. Well, actually, it has not actually been posted yet, but our most recent show should be hitting any time now. And of course, uh, for Third Degree Burn, we're working on our Dark Phoenix Saga event, where we've uh, taken two interns into slavery and made them do all the heavy <laughs> lifting. As Tim and I sit back and just talk about what we love and what we don't. And what we love is typically the John Bernard. What we don't is typically what they've done in the movies. But uh, th that's, of course, uh, the subject of today. Uh, comic book movies, the cinematic universes of both Marvel and DC. And um, I think that, of course, the, the thing that brings this about is Avengers Endgame. And is somebody doing a lot of moving around back there? Because we're hearing a lot of noise. Yeah, somebody's in a leather chair or something, or a beanbag. I was supposed to be controversial and uh, make a lot of <laughs> Okay, so okay. I'm immobile now. I'm completely immobile. Okay, good. So Mike's not going to move. Anyway, um, but with Endgame coming about, I'm kind of wondering if the movies or the the comic book movies may not have hit that bubble, that true bubble where we start seeing that, that downward slide where the interest begins to wane. Just because, you know, in, I guess in porn terms, this was the biggest climax you could ever expect to see on film. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, you just got, you know, 10 years of buildup, and then finally that big super boom at the end where they, you know, I don't say say every question was answered, but they answered virtually every question. They gave you everything you wanted to see right there in the end, and now it's over. If you wanted to jump off the MCU, this is the place. You you could do that here, and I, you know, I don't see a lot of people doing that. I mean, Spider Man is right around the corner, and uh, I mean, I wonder if it will be a comic superhero bubble or a Marvel bubble, because. A lot of the bubbles have burst already. X Men burst after. I think X Men really burst with Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. well, I mean, DC, you had Logan. DC never really had a bubble. I mean, but I think the Logan, the Wolverine movies were their own beast outside of the X Men movies. They um, were because you and, know they they had their ups Logan, and downs. And Logan was a standalone piece in and of itself. It was more of an adult toned, uh, very gritty, very. Uh, more of a movie movie than it was a comic book movie. It didn't fit in with even the prior two Wolverine movies. It it felt standalone-ish. It felt it did. like yeah. a director's edition of something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it ignored continuity completely. I thought Deadpool 2 was incredible, though. I mean, yeah, I think the Deadpool it, movies again, you know, like like uh, the, the Wolverine movies, kind of stand on they their own. They kind of exist like off to the, off to the right. But it had so many X characters in it. They're, how they used Juggernaut was just brilliant. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it was I, everything I, I wanted when I was ten. I love the way they used Colossus in both the Deadpool movies. Right, uh, much better than how he, you know, was represented in in the other X Men movies. Um, but but going back to this though, so as far as the MCU goes. And, you know, there, there is no more Tony Stark Iron Man. That doesn't mean that we won't see Tony Stark or Iron Man in the future, just in some 
different way. I mean, I could see them having a Robert Downey Jr. avatar in somebody's Iron Man armor, talking in that you know oh so snarky tone. But it still would be more fan service than you know anything else. I mean, do you see them going anywhere with that, or do you think Robert Downey Jr. is walking away completely? I think, I think he's gone. I think I think he's done, and Chris Evans is gone too. So you, we, we, all this emphasis on Tony Stark because he's dead, but Chris Evans and Captain America are gone are gone as well, and those are two huge pillars on the uh, tripod of the MCU. If the MCU was built on Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent the Hulk, I mean, two of those legs are now gone and have to be replaced with something. And I and, don't see them making good use of the Hulk now since they've already run the Hulk's uh, arc to its end. Yeah, and I don't think the Hulk will be interested going forward either. So if you need to uh, replace uh, two pillars on that tri- on that tripod, so to speak, I think one of them has to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And the other probably has to be Black Panther. Well, you know, Black Panther, I think, is, is one of those that's destined for, for more success. Uh, I, th- I think it's it's going to be a continued success, especially since they got Ryan Coogler back right. to direct. Um, Spider Man, you know, I I love this, this I love um, Homecoming, right? It, but my my worry with the Spider Man movies is Spider Man is supposed to be the the neighborhood superhero. He's not supposed to. I mean, yeah, he was helpful in Endgame, but he shouldn't be the galactic hero. It shouldn't be bigger and bigger and bigger every time. We should be able to see him fighting the low-level, street-level, you know, villains. I wouldn't mind seeing him fighting the Enforcers. I don't want another Green Goblin story. I wouldn't mind a Hobgoblin story. I think that would be fun, especially if they were able to create a mystery of who it is. You know, what we're lo- what we're lucky about with Spider-Man right now is that two different studios get to make movies with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, do they? I, well, I actually, so. isn't Sony's isn't got him. Di- Right, but isn't this the last uh, Spider-Man movie on their deal? Is it? I heard that it might be. Oof. So they might. Surely not, because uh, uh, the the, uh, Into the Spider-Verse was such a huge hit. Uh, I've already heard rumors that they they greenlit a second, uh, and that's Sony Pictures that put out that one. So So Sony Sony still has completely has animation rights, I believe. Yeah, so we'll we'll get some. We're not talking MCU type Spider Man, but we are talking a Spider Man, and uh, definitely I'm all in for that. That movie, the the original movie uh, that they did for uh, Into the Spider Verse, was just an astonishingly greatly done and so yeah. different from everything else that was out there on the shelf. And of course, um, Tom Holland was talking about he'd like to see them do a sort of Spider Verse movie in the live action. Spider-Man movies because he'd love to work with Tobey Maguire and um, oh what's the guy that did the amazing one? Andrew Andrew Garfield, Garfield. yeah Garfield. but I don't see that happening because I think Tobey Maguire's done as an actor. Um, I thought it was funny how they had to retool that trailer for uh, Far From Home after uh, Into the Spider Verse was so successful and immediately have mention of other universes in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't necessarily know that that wasn't the plan all along. I bet it wasn't to say it in the trailer. I th- and I think they're going to get rid of that idea really fast. That we're going to know within 10 minutes after being told that Mysterio is supposedly from another universe that he's not from another universe. Right, right. 
I think that was that was set in the trailer to bring fans in. It's not going to be a, a pillar upon which that movie rests in in and of itself. See, that's more a, to bring in the I money. don't know if it needed that though. It did because it draws so heavily on on the aftermath of Endgame with Tony dying mm-hmm. that that's enough. You don't need to throw in the multiverse to a possible multiverse to. Uh, I think it was a marketing idea, and I think that it, it'll be it'll be in there so quick you won't even notice it. It yeah, will stick out more in the. I don't think they're gonna get rid of it. I think they need it for right now because we've already had you know, Miles Morales, or at least the the mention of him, show up in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Because um, what's his name? The Donald Glover, Donald, Donald plays. Glover played the Prowler, or yep. at least mm-hmm. you know his uncle, right. And so they've got mention of him in, in the same universe. So I, I don't know. They can go either way on that. And uh, the one thing about Mysterio is everything about him is a dodge. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, you know, they've, they've made him look like he might have Dr. Strange level power, you know, magic. That or it's just all, just all <laughs> smoke and mirrors. What's that, Mike? But it's all crap. Every single bit of that is, is fluff. And um, as, as comic book fans, we all know that this is going to end up being a, a flip-flop. And again, Spider-Man is fighting a very low-level villain, which, right. as you mentioned, he should be. Spider-Man right. should be kept away from the Thanos-level threats, except for as one of a thousand people who are trying to do something. Um, it, it's better to keep Tom Holland into these smaller films where they're more intimate, and it's more about uh, him and his relationships to the people around him than it is about uh, saving the universe each time. Um, I, I could see them working it all together. Now, the Russos have already made mention of this, but, you know, the next bit culminating in the Secret Wars. Ugh. But are, are the Russos still involved, or are they done, too? Well, they said that they would come back if they could do something like the Secret Wars. I mean, these are guys that are right in my age range, so that, you know, they're they're loving the same stuff that I did. And I, I know, Mike, you, you've got a little derision as far as Secret Wars going, because it's a very simple story, but I loved it. It was fun and i would love to see a good version of that up on screen i'm gonna say that that that's a huge story and uh i i realistically feel that uh i'm i'm a a little kind of when i'm even conscious of roles virtual here i'll go (laughs) i'm a little bit i'm a little bit depressed with the end game It, it didn't really sit well with me in terms of the uh the story arcs that they tried to kind of cram in there and force down our throats. Uh, I feel that Infinity War was pretty much the height of the Marvel Universe and about where it burst for me. Endgame was was great going in. I felt like the movie was going to uh, kind of put a nice big you know, period at the end of this level of uh, Phase 4, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. But it, it just didn't do it for me. It, it ended up being... Um, uh, very much a, a lackadaisical movie where things just kind of happened. People got thrown in and they jumped right back out again. Um, it, it, it was enjoyable for a first time through, but I've had no intention of seeing it again um, unless it rolls through whatever streaming service I have and I'm really, really bored. But I just felt like that ending just... And, and so going forward into the next phase... I can tell you already, I'm not really enthused about a Captain Marvel movie. I'm not really enthused about a Black Panther movie. Um, I would have loved to have seen an Avengers if they would have reconstituted the team and had uh, Black Widow and Vision and Scarlet Witch uh, be bigger parts of it and give those actors a chance to kind of flesh out their characters and develop bigger storylines. 
the Russos uh, appeared to be aiming them down those paths, and then in-game took away all those kinds mm. of abilities for us to see anything go with that. But we're yeah. now we are going to be getting WandaVision, which is uh, going to be on the Disney streaming service. That's Vision of Scarlet Witch. It looks like in the 1950s. Huh. And I don't know mm. how that's supposed to come about. So that's that's one of the interesting things. The other series, of course, is going to be uh, uh, Bucky and yeah, well, the Winter Soldier and Falcon. So I guess they'll call it Falcon and the Snowman. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, that's going to be their buddy show for them, which, you know, with Falcon getting Cap Shield, I don't know what that means, you know, for any any other kind of continuation of the Captain America story with, with Falcon taking over. If it's just gonna... That feels like such a demotion for the characters to put them on to put them on that's a false. streaming service that are not, not you know, people are going to buy it. But, but you know, I've that... made the argument that. You know, as far as the streaming service, now it doesn't. It, I don't know if it's going to be Disney streaming proper or if it's going to be something off to the side. And I would think, you know, some of these would have to, especially when you're looking at Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because Winter Soldier is a violent, a violent fellow. Did I lose anybody there? I dropped my mouse. No, I'm well, still here. I mean, they're they're talking like uh, some of these Marvel shows are going to be a part of the launch of the DC Plus app. When it comes out, I believe in the fall. DC, Disney, uh, Disney, Disney. Plus. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're saying. Those are both going to be on. It's the Disney Plus thing. Disney Plus, and it, I mean, again, that that pretty much keeps it in a PG thirteen range. Right, and where you know, it's like, of course, uh, the one thing I would I would love to see, and this is kind of a stretch, and I've talked about this on Third Degree Burn, especially during all the Dark Phoenix event, is that I'd like to see the X Men actually be more like a Game of Thrones type series. Uh, where you yeah. don't have a, you, know, where you, you you could do it on like HBO or whatever. That way you could sit there and create all the pieces, the the different machinations from the the, the Hellfire Club, uh, Magneto, Asteroid M, the Sentinels. Bring all that into one you know, four seasons or more, and you know you could culminate with the Dark Phoenix saga, the battle with the Imperial Guard. There, I think that way you'd be able to get a long enough time to develop the. The, the bonds that you need with the characters to be able to show Cyclops is really a good tactician and leader. Something they've not been able to you know, present in any of the X movies. No, um, they just present the Cyclops as stale white bread. Right. Well, yeah. when, Go ahead. When, I, uh, when I mentioned X-Men Grand Design, I had completely forgotten until I read that about the uh, specifics of how Rogue took uh, Miss Marvel's powers. Mm-hmm. That, needs oh. to, that needs to be Captain Marvel 3. That needs to be the Whoa. trailer for the movie. Get back, um, if you can, get what's there in it, Jennifer Lawrence to stay mystique, to have her show up and turn blue and have everybody's jaw drop in the trailer. And then nah, I like Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence is done. She has. Yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. She's, she hates that character. Yeah. She, 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 that she, character. Got, she got the Harrison Ford deal for, for Dark Phoenix. But, um, but just see everybody's jaw drop when that happens in a trailer and then rogue is on top of uh, captain marvel and she just drops like a stone to the earth and you know rogue's eyes are just blazing red and she takes off and oh god i just that's how i got my sister into the cap the first captain marvel movie it's like remember when we were kids that woman that that rogue put in the hospital that's captain marvel and she's like oh yeah from the x-men cartoon because they told that on a cartoon mm-hmm 
wow. in the 90s. The cartoon, and, yeah, the, the yeah. cartoon still is the best kind of representation <laughs> of the comics uh, that's been out. It totally and is. They're going to start making new uh, X-Men comics, the same group. So uh, you know, maybe we'll get a continuation. I just hope they don't do Storm as melodramatic as, you know, winds from an up high. <laughs> you know. well, weren't they talking about how the creators want to... Bring bring the show back. I was reading something about that. Yeah, that, that this, this was talking about there. They're, they're, they are going to do that. Uh, I just hope it's not as cheap. Were they doing it as a comic or as a as a show? As a show, animated huh. series, X Men animated series, all over again, a redo, so to speak. It's hard yeah, to go okay. back. Of, it's hard uh, to go back home, though. I'm seeing that with Young Justice. Hmm. Yeah, they did uh, that I'm with. Finding... Um, what, what there was. Uh, when we, before we kind of leave this, the the X Men realm here, you know, I I find that that every X Men movie has left me cold, solely because the very first X movie set up this set up the conflict between Magneto and Professor Xavier, and every single X Men movie that follows it has still focused in on those two characters. And while it's great to have you know audience recognition and to pull people into the theater. Realistically, you know, X Men needed to have they needed to excise Magneto from every other movie. It it, it realistically needs to uh, be about the team. It and after a while, stop. they be, they stopped allowing Magneto to be a villain. Yeah, well, and, and yeah, every time he would have to go through the same learning process, the same character arc. I'm I'm a good guy trying to, or I'm a I'm a good guy who does bad things. And then I'm a bad guy, and now I'm going to turn into a, a good guy again. Or, you know, at least it seemed like for the last few movies, same arc each movie. It, it was. It, realist, it realistically needed to needed to just excise that story. We've seen it. It's done. Now go on to the other X-Men villains and give them a chance to be fully fleshed out. But, but that doesn't put butts in seats as far as studio exists. Well, no, I mean, they, the thing is, you got to give them what's popular. You give them Mystique, you give them Wolverine, you give them Xavier and Magneto. But for yeah. right now, everything else the, the X Men need the X Men need a nap. Mm-hmm. At least get, five years. Yeah, they're getting, at least get, five years. Probably not go, that long. They need to be gone for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Brian's thinking on the it not being quite as long because. Uh, oh, I'm sure I, I it think, won't be, but they need to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with the five year plan. It's just more along the lines of Disney's. I think Disney's going to find that the Marvel cash cow bubble, as Brian states, is kind of burst a bit, and it's that they're not going to be pulling in the dollars and sort of like when they bought up Star Wars and now Star Wars is starting to die off and they're not right. Here's kind of what happened. What, what I think is going to happen is. I think with the past 22 movies, Marvel has bought itself some goodwill with the fan base for at least a few years. But what's going to happen is, and we saw it with Star Wars, once, if if something happens with Marvel and they start, one, not making as much money, and two, not having the uh, great word of mouth that they've been, Disney, Disney's been hands off as long as, long as the student Marvel Studios was printing money. We saw with Star Wars that as things went, they got a little bit more involved each time and and we all saw what happened with Star Wars, where it is getting a break after Episode Nine comes out. So, right. Yeah, well, look, I, look. With, with the MCU, have they made a turkey? I mean, Thor: The Dark World is is consistently discussed as the the worst, worst. of the Marvel movies, but still, even in itself, it's utterly watchable. I mean, it, it, it's something that if it comes on, you may stop and find yourself, you know, catching up in, in if a few minutes and going, oh yeah, I remember this. And it's not the a only, bad movie. The they have not made a turkey yet, but 
they're they're entering into into riskier territory now with like I mentioned two of those three pillars now gone. They're good. I mean, we all remember where Iron Man was. Mm-hmm. He was on the B list before two thousand eight. But now they're gonna have to dig into the C and the D list now for movies. And Brother right. Voodoo, the movie. Exactly. Uh, they can, they Moon, can have Knight, to start... Moon Knight's being kicked around as an as an as a property. Well, they're trying to find attached. something for Keanu Reeves to do, and that would be the perfect role. Mark right. Spector, Keanu Reeves. He's going to be in the Eternals or something like that. He's going to have some. They're going to create some character that's you know barely barely known that they can shape but, a Keanu Reeves around. I know, but the, it's going to be the in the idea Eternals. behind the Eternals is that they don't age. And, I mean, Keanu Reeves is coming up on 60. Well, Keanu Reeves doesn't age either. I kind of noticed that a little bit. I was hoping nobody would mention that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that that is... I mean, we've seen pictures of Keanu Reeves going back to 1580, I think. Uh, (laughs) So... I don't know, but you know, again, we'll we'll see what they what they do come up because apparently, you know, they've talked to him every single time around, trying to see if they can find something that he would fit well into. I'd like him to be part of the Doctor Strange world, but I think they're going to put him in uh, the cosmic realm. I think Captain Marvel's going to stay cosmic. The right. uh, the Guardians are going to stay cosmic, and Thor is going to become cosmic now. Well, yeah, well, so Thor might Guardians, yeah. So. Thor might go with the Guardians. Who's going to be Adam Warlock? And how much longer are they are they are they, are they going to be able to keep uh, Chris Hemsworth around? Uh, Chris says that he's very interested in playing Thor for as long as they want him to. Probably because he's but I think he's crap at everything else. He, yep. he hasn't really he hasn't found anything uh, other niche. But you, you got to admit he's moving to a great director. They've got, uh, they've got uh, uh, God. Uh, James Gunn back for Guardians Three. Right. Um, he's in a he's in a solid property that, that has not it has made some of the most enjoyable uh, movies out of all of the Marvel movies in my opinion. Uh, Guardians One and Two are, are definitely uh, some of my faves in terms of uh, uh, just sheer fun and uh, get it and still have some great cinematography and effects. Um, Helmsworth is in a I think he's in a good place to. Uh, remain uh, a, a piece of the Marvel universe for a while as Thor. Um, it, it, you know, to me, it, 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 you're absolutely right about losing the other two legs of this stool with with Cap gone and with Iron Man gone, or with Cap as a replacement Cap and Iron Man as well. You know, War Machine is a replacement Iron Man. Uh, you know, you, you do feel like the Avengers movies are going to suffer in tone and 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 in uh, draw. Um, a lot of these Marvel movies, they are formulaic, I think. If and that's that's you know, Brian was saying, you know, you mentioned these movies. What is the, you know, which ones are, are you know, they're they're bad ones. There are bad ones, but there are ones that where you get to that formula and you get a little tired. Um, and, and I do think some of the more recent ones have not been as well received as some of the previous ones. Previous ones, like know. Doctor Strange. I don't think Doctor Strange was as well received as it could have been. Yeah, you know, Captain Marvel made a lot of money, but that one kind of left me a little bit cold too. Agree. I think that my I think my weak one would have been Black Panther out of all of them, and that may get me smacked around a bit. But uh, I I feel that um, there's too many of these movies that, like Ant Man and Black Panther, um, they fall back on the Iron Man one formula, which is we got a person with this power, give a second person the same power, and at the end of it, it's just a big you know put up your dukes. Yeah, but the, the, while, the whole problem with my my problem with Black Panther is 
simply one thing, and that is he lost. He lost his battle with Killmonger the first time around. He should be dead. Uh, you know, Forrest Whitaker comes and saves him at the last moment, but that was a, a cheat. He actually lost the the right to be the Black Panther to Killmonger there, and that should be the end of the story. I mean, oh, I that, 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 he was conflicted. Whole... He, but he was conflicted over the fact that Killmonger had a different rationality that uh, T'Challa really was kind of buying into. So he, his heart wasn't in the fight exactly, you know, in terms of, you know, he was questioning, did my father do right? My father did right. things I wasn't aware of. There was all of this uncertainty in him, and that's what the conflict was, was the fight was also his internal conflict with the heritage that he had and the mantle that he had, had uh, kind of uh, gained. So, uh, so what I, you're I saying is it was, it was Rocky Three. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, yes, if we're going down that kind of a of, a, of an angle, but yes. So, so he realistically, he realistically, he lost that fight because of his internal conflict, and that was the way to show that. But to me, the endings of these things, you know, when you start kicking it around and like you've got two guys in iron suits or two guys in panther suits or two guys in ant man suits, it you're falling back on a formula. And it's great that it worked the first time, but we've seen that. Before. Will it keep working? Give us something new. Give us, give us something different. Is, is there an, we... an Ant Man three coming? Have they said anything about well, that? We have, they haven't confirmed anything. And here's the one one problem you could have with uh, Black Panther, and and I, of course I'm going to give Ryan Coogler the benefit of the doubt for now. And it's a similar problem Warner Brothers I can see having with Aquaman. Almost. And I've read more Aquaman stories than uh, Black Panther stories, so I could be wrong about this. But eventually, how many movies are we, are we going to have to sit through of somebody coming to take the kingdom, him losing the kingdom, and having to get it back? Well, I think with uh, Black Panther, I'm, I'm betting the sequel is going to be basically his people making that same argument that, yeah, he, he did lose. All these other you know leaders watched it happen, and there's going to be a vote. It's going to end with him getting kicked out of Wakanda in two and, you know, just do your stuff in the world at large. You can still represent us out there. But, yeah, you don't live with us or and rule us. But can't you WB doing the same thing with Aquaman? Yep. Yep. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how many stories they've got for this character. Uh, Steve, well, I mean, I see Black Panther around in the quantum realm and go back in time and fight the Ku Klux Klan because, hey. That's the movie I want to see. That would be great. <laughs> I'd totally watch that. that that's just like, you know, totally, we would at, all totally watch that. When you look at all the new X-Men movies, I'm ta- talking since First Class, that the one thing most people really wanted to see out of all those is more of Magneto going after Nazis. And so what, what you're saying right there is also that same kind of wish fulfillment that, yeah, everybody would like to see. <laughs> See from Black Panther. Yeah, see yeah. from Black Panther. But you know the thing is, I was sitting there looking at the possible list of Phase Four because they haven't. That while they've got eight movies slated, they haven't named every one of them. We know we're going to get a Black Widow, and we know I, what. Here's a suggestion for right now. What we we should come back after Comic Con and see what. Yeah, because it definitely yeah. will have we'll have announcements on that. But we know we we're talking about Eternals, Doctor right. Strange Two, Black Panther Two. Shang-Chi, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and Captain Marvel 2. Right. And then whatever else we're going to get with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I understand that Angelina Jolie is in talks on uh, on uh, the Eternals. And she better not be playing Cersei. 
Well, why not? She would. She would make a definitely would make a great Cersei. Nah, they need someone younger. It's too similar to Grendel's mother in uh, that terrible oh. Beowulf movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that was I had not even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. It was still modeled on Angelina Jolie though. <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us on a little turn here real quick. and Because uh, you guys had mentioned Aquaman and talk about the DCU for a moment. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Do you want to leave Marvel before talking about Fantastic Four? Oh, I, you know, Fantastic... It's, I'm, I'm dying. And no, Because no, Fantastic Four is like one of those things that I have been dying to see a good Fantastic Four movie on screen since 1994. Right. I think I was one of the the first people to actually buy that bootleg tape of the uh, Roger Corman film. Mike, didn't you and I watch that one afternoon at your uh, house? Not me, not me. No. Golly, but that I mean that was one of those things that you know it's like. With yeah. the acquisition of Fox, this is one thing that Marvel Studios has to get right. Yeah, the problem is, though, is that they can't do it right, because the right way to do it would have the Fantastic Four, you having been birthed in the 60s. I I want that. But they can't do it now because they never existed in that. We already know know that 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 hasn't happened, because Tony Stark was the beginning. I mean, Captain Marvel did her stuff in the 90s, but Tony Stark was the actual beginning. And Ant-Man was doing... What the Hank Pym was that, doing stuff back with then. All seven. hidden, all in the background, never talked about. I mean, that wasn't something the, the the public knew about. That was Blackwater type stuff. I wanted so bad at the end of of the first Black Panther when the they're in the United Nations for that to be the introduction of Latveria. Kevin's yeah. like, you know, oh, Latveria yeah. objects. It, but to the, be the end of that scene. The whole thing is, if the Fantastic Four were to come about in the sixties, they would be the Beatles. They tried to show that in the Tim Story movies, but they really couldn't get it across. And so, you know, we, we, we need to see that kind of, you know, energy, that kind of fervor around them. And they can't do it in the 60s now because that stuff didn't exist then. So they're going to have to just bring them into the modern day somehow and still make them the Beatles, even though we've had all this stuff go on. Tony Stark has saved the universe it's going to be really, really hard. I mean, it, it, nothing more than there'll be flavor of the week, and that won't last. Like you know, they're like they going to have to figure. They got to figure it out because they didn't. They didn't buy Fox just for the X Men. Right. Right. But also right. casting Reed Richards. You know, I mean, so far, you know, nobody's been able to cast a Reed Richards that actually seems like Reed Richards. Ewan Griffith. Uh, whatever is that? Ewan Griffith. Is that right? Yeah, uh, yeah just like that. D- Miles he, Teller. Which, uh, and Miles Teller. Just, oh, my God. The less said about that most recent one, the better. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, and, you know, even uh, Alex Hyde-White, you know, um, none of them had Reed Richards, you know, I mean, George Clooney reading the dialogue. I mean, they could put somebody else in the body, just have George Clooney read the dialogue, and that would be pretty much what you need. But, <laughs> but I, I don't see it going that way. And... Again, a third Ben Grimm. Now, we had a, a, you know, Michael Chiklis was just right out of central casting. Michael Chiklis was perfect as Ben Grimm. Mm -hmm. And so getting anybody else to come on in is almost going to seem like a parody of it. He's probably the reason why I give those movies a little bit more for the benefit of the doubt. Well, yeah, they're still watchable. Yeah. They don't suck. They're just not great. Stan Lee as Willie Lumpkin was amazing. Yes. Yeah. That was the most comic I've ever felt in a movie. I mean, oh, so good. And then Johnny Storm being the Super Scroll. 
at the end of two, but you know that had that that just gave me a, a, a shiver of two or two. But it wasn't again. the the fan, The world of the Fantastic Four still still seemed too small, and it's got to be bigger than that. They've got to be grand and cosmic and New York at the same time. You know, Ben Grimm having his deal with the Yancey Street Gang. Oh, I, you know, I, I just, uh, I don't know, you know, if they can get it done, it, because they, they, they didn't start it right. Which in the no, end, they didn't. And, and you that's needed my opinion again. I could be wrong. You, no, you're, you're not. It's, it's weird to stick the Fantastic Four in now, because they, because they're either going to have to have always been there, and we just didn't know, or we're going to have to shoehorn them into the aftermath of Endgame. You could do an identity crisis thing, like, you know, somebody had to erase everybody's memory of them. And now, you know, Doctor Strange or someone has to reveal... Christopher, oh, no, they... Christopher Reeve Superman is going to show up, and he's going to kiss a lot of people. I do still think if they introduce them, they need to be introduced in a Black Panther movie. As like that an end credit, as like an end credits thing. Yeah. Well, and that's that, something that his his dad yeah. worked with the Fantastic Four. His grandfather worked with the Fantastic Four. He finds out about it. Why didn't I know this? Yeah, but you know the the problem in 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 this, of course, is uh, what's her name? Uh, the the really smart girl in Black Panther. You know, they sure they to her because, sure yeah because she's the smart one of the smartest people on the planet, and nobody ever up, up to that point said, hey, you know, there's one guy that's smarter. Probably could have used him in the whole Thanos thing, you know. Right. But they never once thought yeah. to to contact. It's, it's it almost seemed like everybody would have to have been mind wiped, and then that way you could bring it back in somehow. The, but they're gonna have they're gonna, have, they're gonna have the same issues shoehorning the X Men in when the time comes too. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. I think that that you're almost looking. I mean, Infinity War was almost a crisis of infinite Earths. I mean, you know, you had a lot of magic resets done, but they made sure that there was a cost to each reset. Right. And so, I mean, they could find a way of, of doing that where they get the magic reset and we start the Marvel Universe all over again with different people. And that would be good because it, right now you've got a, a, a halfway powered Hulk. You know, he's been injured. And mm -hmm. one of the one of the grandest parts of the interaction of the Fantastic Four with the other characters in the Marvel Universe was that ongoing thing, Hulk kind of uh, uh, battle where they would, you know, any time that they met up, you, you know, you had Titans that were tussling. And quite frankly, that that is one of those uh, ill nido moments that you really want to see on screen. Just like the Iron Man uh, Hulk fight in. Uh, Age of Ultron, which really was the highlight of that entire thing, was just uh, the two of them going at it. Uh, it just felt so much like, yeah, this is just like the comics. They they wouldn't, always would would fight. A great Fantastic in the Four, yeah, wouldn't a great Fantastic Four movie be Fantastic Four two forty nine and two fifty with Gladiator and the Skrulls impersonating the X Men? Oh man, that was a good one. That is oh. really really good. Yeah. All right, but then DC would be making a Superman movie with Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, <laughs> nobody caught that reference. I I did, but yeah, no the mm -hmm. comic cover. Yeah, yep, comic yep, cover. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
But let's let's take a moment though and go over to DC for a second because I mean they've got a much dire situation. They are in a much more of a crossroads than the MCU is. Well, th- this is the funny thing is you know is those executives are sitting in their boardroom right now going, look at what Marvel's done, look at how they tied all this together. Who's our biggest draw right now? Aquaman. Aquaman's made more money than anybody else. So we need to make a Justice League movie where Aquaman's the leader. Now, where where was Aquaman the leader of the Justice League? Justice League Detroit. Detroit! Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst! Oh my god, the worst incarnation of the Justice League, in my opinion. Ah. But I, I, I mean, the thing is, they've got Wonder Woman and they've got Aquaman, and they don't know what to do with Superman or Batman. Well, they're figuring out what to do with Batman. Well, we will see if Robert Pattinson... I mean, I don't think Robert Pattinson will be a bad Batman. Not at all. It's just whether or not the story, you know, the story will be good or bad. And what what, what Batman are we going to get? Are we going to get Bat-God? Are we going to get a nice Denny O'Neill, Neil Neil Adams type Batman? Or are we going to get, you know, Norm frickin' Brayfogle Batman? (laughs) I'm I'm hearing a lot more detective Batman right now. And so it's going to be very small, down to earth, and uh, not Joker as a villain, or or no, is it? I I don't believe so. I, I mean, we, we don't have, we, we we don't know. It's still. I mean, we're already getting a Joker movie, and we're going to get Birds of Prey, which I'm sure they're going to find a way to bring Joker into that, and maybe even Suicide Squad too. You know, uh, this is the my problem with DC. It just and and just Marvel, one. It, uh, just one, just one. I, you know, I'm a huge Superman fan, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, picked up DC for, uh, you know, books for the last I don't know how long. Uh, I, I, I definitely was a Marvel kid growing up, but beyond that, I don't have a problem with DC. But my problem with their movies is it, it's so it's so much like a shotgun blast of we have no clue what to do with this important property. There is nobody who is the center mind that's going, we really need to kind of try and pull this stuff together. At least with Marvel stuff, you had different studios, and the different studios would try to keep cohesion within their uh, specific areas that they had. You had you know, the MCU, you had the X-Mini type stuff with a couple of offshoots maybe here and there. But with DC, it's just, hey, let's just throw some stuff on the wall. And it doesn't matter the tone. It doesn't matter the the type of movie it is. It doesn't matter who is, is in the center seat. To just throw it at the wall and let's just see what sticks. And, here's my, and here's my problem. So have dashed. Here's the problem I've been having with, and this is more of a Warner Brothers problem than I think than a DC problem, is that going back, yeah, I'm going to go back to 1978, Richard Donner's Superman, <laughs> which we all love. And that's probably yeah. the most, uh, quote-unquote, pure Superman out there in a, in a mm-hmm. movie. And it taught a lot of nerds the word verisimilitude. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. 1989, Tim Burton's Batman. Man. Then we 30 have a years ago yesterday. Today. Today? Mm-hmm. Yesterday. So yesterday. We're recording this on June 23rd. 30. Oh, okay. okay, but, and then, okay, for better or for worse, Joel Schumacher's Batman. Then, then we had... <laughs> Then we had uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. Then Zack Snyder's Superman and whatever he did. Are you, are you sensing my problem here? Yeah. We're having they're bringing on directors to do their version of the character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't want. I love Dick Donner Superman, but I don't want Dick Donner Superman. I don't want 
Brian Singer's Superman, Tim Burton's Batman. I want Superman. I want Batman. I, you know, I. It's an interesting point. I don't want to see somebody's quote unquote spin on it, which is what we've gotten. Right. Somebody's take. Like 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 Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. That was his take. And for better, we've gotten some good movies out of that out of that well, Mm -hmm. and we've gotten some bad ones. Now, as far as Zack Snyder and the DCEU goes, because here we go. Here's my rant. I liked Man of Steel. Where the wheels started falling off was immediately after. Because Man of Steel did have its problems. Mm-hmm. But instead of addressing those problems, they doubled down on them. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then if you... I mean, not, not a lot of people have the stomach for this, but... For, I think it was before... At some point, I did watch... I mean, this was recently watched Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman. If you watch those two movies in succession, it's like you're missing a chapter. Oh, yeah. Because Batman v Superman has a whole lot of, oh, we love Superman, we love this, we love that about him. But we've never seen that. We only saw Superman day one in Man of Steel. And in order to get to the Batman v Superman plot is you needed a, I hate to say traditional Superman movie, because what the hell does that mean? But you needed, a, you know, kind of a... You need a coming out party. You needed a coming out party. You needed the reaction yeah. to Man of Steel. You the, needed the, him to see him become that hero. Because the thing is, start- is that it, when you look at Richard Donner's Superman, it's three stories in one. Right. It's the origin story, it's the coming out party, and it's the great conflict. Right. And if you look at movie Man makers of Steel. today don't do that. They they want each one of those to be its own movie. Right. And, and if you look at Man of Steel, that is literally Superman day one. Mm-hmm. And then nothing after that, and then right after that we're going into Batman v Superman, which no, you needed to you need to elevate the character before you start deconstructing him. Second and, problem, and, well, and that that you know Man of Steel itself deconstructs Superman to a to a point with the not to go off on that, but definitely you're you're one hundred percent saying the things that I, I I think are right. Right, right, and it, you're right. It does deconstruct Superman, and it destructs him in as he's growing to become Superman. But then we stop, and we don't see the result of that growth. We just see him fight Zod, and the movie ends. The next thing we know, it's a few years later. And then the next mistake they made, I enjoyed Ben Affleck as Batman, mm-hmm. but going with an older Batman at the end of his career is a mistake if you're trying to build your universe. Right. Because right. Superman and Batman are the two are the two legs of the... and Wonder Woman, to, to an extent, too. They're the first three. They're, again, my Trinity, tripod. Yeah, yeah. My tripod again. They're the three pillars of the DC universe. And, you know, Wonder Woman can be around forever because she's ageless. To have Batman at the end of his career, one, the character has no shelf life. And you probably could have done Zack Snyder's angry Batman with a Batman at the beginning of his career. You could have done that Batman without. Mm-hmm. And then, super, then, then uh, like this movie, it was Superman that brought him out of it. You probably could have done something similar with with a younger Batman. And not have at all. Yeah, and, and, and not trying, have at all the They were trying to also, not subtly, to give us hints about the background that Robin got killed by the Joker, which is what turned Batman into a killer. And yet, unfortunately, once Batman became a killer, all of his regular villains ran for cover and started hiding because they didn't want Batman to kill them. Just in time for Superman to come in, Batman goes to kill him, Batman has the change of heart, now he's not killing anymore, and so the villains are going to crawl back out of the woodwork, because they're not going to be as afraid of him. But in Batman v Superman, if Batman's been around for 20 years, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden Clark Kent is the first person to investigate him, really? Mm -hmm. Had he just shown up on the scene? 
a little bit different. But I mean, obviously that that's so the D, this universe was built on shaky ground from day one. Well, the the problem goes back to, and this goes back. And I, I've said this in other shows, and I'll say it here though. It goes back to Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica was the series, uh, the 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 series that came out in the early two thousands. They came out and said everybody has got a bit of evil in them somewhere, and since then every other writer out there has gone trying to show that same thing. They think that that is the only story that we need to see is that everybody has got evil and bad in them, and so we must sit there and exploit that. And so they cannot fathom the idea that Superman can be a good character. They have to show him with those foibles. They have to show him having some evil tendencies. Otherwise, uh, I don't know, they have a psychotic break. And so no, no writers today are capable of writing a Superman movie where Superman is simply the good guy. Right. There has to be inner conflict within the characters, and you're absolutely right, Brian. That's that's not necessary for a, a beginning movie. That 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 shouldn't have to be that uh, that turmoil or whatever that we have. <clears throat> Batman has enough orchard you know, history in his past. The, the the problem I think there is too is Snyder seeing that we we had all these other Batmans, and Snyder really wanted to do Frank Miller's Dark Knight Batman, and so the way to do that the best was just to kind of follow that trail of breadcrumbs which was he's older he's you know you know he's he's coming back but he's more ferocious and he's more uh vengeful and he's definitely you know had some losses in his personal war that have caused him to go over the edge and you know then just make that additional leap to here's our final panel where Superman and Batman are, are fighting each other, and we get the power armor, and we get all the same tropes. It, 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 but you're right. Why start the universe with somebody with a Batman that's already, you know, that far down the chain? Start with someone fresh. He wanted to do his Dark Knight Returns, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. But if you want to do Dark Knight Returns, go do Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, exactly. Make that movie because I mean, what he did with the 300 and what he did with Watchmen. Was he gave us the, the? I don't think that anybody's going to be able to do an on-screen representation of those books that are as good as what he did because they looked just like the comic books. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I'm not saying that his story adaptation was the best. I love 300 though. Uh, Watchmen is eminently watchable, but it's somebody else's story. It's not his story. This was his story, and it's a mess as a result. The, the example already exists of how to do Superman right in the 21st century, and it's uh, Colossus in the um, Deadpool movies. <laughs> Make him into that kind of a character, but also have it, instead of him going evil, if he sees a situation that he can't comprehend, it's so much more powerful to see Superman's eyes go red, to see him collapse and put his head in his hands. To yeah. go, oh God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and not, not Pa telling him, well, gee, if you save so and so, the water will turn black, and all of the sheep will die. God, I hated that so much. Um, to have him like look to somebody that's not Pa Kent, another hero like Batman, and how he handled it, and then go, you know, hinds in hindsight, I could have done better than what Batman did. Not, gee, if I act split second and snap someone's neck. You know, now I have to live with the regret. It's more, 
I just didn't know what to do, and I stopped for a second. And then a bad, and then a bad thing happened, and now I'm processing everything that happened. And man, I, you know, I messed up. I'm a little, I'm a little bit sad about it. I need to, you know, get my confidence back by either, you know, Lois helping him out or, you know, forging a Justice League. I do think the next snapping should have been followed up on. Yeah, it really, really should have. In, in, in a sequel, because you know, I in that scene, the in that scene, I couldn't see him stopping because he was preventing. He snapped the neck to prevent the bad thing from happening. Yes, Ro- to prevent that family from being roasted in the uh, slowest uh, movement of heat vision I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the thing is, Zod. Zod was Zod forced him, that issue. He, well, he kept that, saying, I mean, I you know, either you'll die or I'll die, and I'm going to kill everyone. He he kept saying he's not going to stop. He basically, and I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Zod was doing the slow heat vision because he wanted it to happen, and he's just, you know, icing on the cake. Here's my one, def- one def- a lot of, in that battle, everybody said, well, Superman should have done this, Superman should have done that. Was there any point in that battle where Superman looked in control? No. No, and he shouldn't have been. And he, so he had he had to end it, and that's what he did. It was a split second decision, right? But but that decision now weighs him. on him and everything that he does yes. afterwards. Yes, and I would have liked to have seen some of that. Maybe not in a John Byrne type of way. The, the way the yeah. the way yeah. Byrne just followed up on it after John Byrne left. <laughs> I have to go into but, space. Uh, the the now. that's Superman <laughs> Return. Hey, I, I mean, wouldn't mind seeing exactly. Mongol. <laughs> Oh, yeah, war world and you know all that, but uh, yeah, no, you're 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 right in that regard. But you what? you need him to take that to become the Superman that we all know. Okay, where where do you where do you want to see the DCU go at this point? Now the the thing is is that they don't have to shut down shop and and start over in five years. They can go ahead and do a Superman movie, a Batman movie. They they could do a a, a you know, power of the atom if they want to right now. You know what? what? They're 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 at a, they're in an interesting place because you know what? They are kind of getting their act together with the last few movies. Well, they're I'm, determining which ones of the shotgun blasts actually hit with audiences, and they're just trying to follow those. Right. Now, I, I, that, I and that's know. a and that's a Warner Brothers thing because the shotgun blast of the Dark Knight trilogy did what it did, so they tried to make everything that. What they have to realize is that. You can't fit all of these uh, square pegs into round holes. Exactly, it's different characters, and they require different types of uh, different tonal cues for each one of them, or else you're going to end up they all look the same, and no one's going to care. I mean, Aquaman may not be the greatest superhero film ever made, and it's not by a long shot, but the, just the fact that James Wan embraced some of the fantastical elements the way he did, I really appreciated that, and yeah, that's some that is something that it seemed like they were trying to they were hiding from. Aquaman, the Aquaman movie was not ashamed to be about Aquaman. I felt there was a little bit of shame in in the characters before that. Uh, but was it Aquaman? I mean, it wasn't any Aquaman that I'd read, and he didn't look like any Aquaman that I'd seen. And I'm not, Aqu- I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying that that there's anything wrong with it. I enjoyed the Aquaman movie, right? But he's not the Aquaman that I saw in Super Friends, and that's the one that everybody. Nobody wants to see that Aquaman anymore. Nobody wants to see that Aquaman then. Aquaman is a joke because of Super Friends. That that may be right. But I'm just saying that Aquaman is not the Aquaman that that we ever knew. I like the the Peter David, I've got my hand cut off Aquaman. I thought that was a pretty kick-ass Aquaman. Mm -hmm. He was rough. 
and he, he had some edges. Trying to go for that here a little bit, and, and then you might be correct. I, I feel more the movie was trying to go. Okay, we've watched what some of the Marvel movies have done, and yeah. look at this Thor thing. This Thor thing worked okay, and it's pretty much fantastical elements with. Uh, you know, you know, a big overblown mythology, and maybe we can make that work with Aquaman. Because to me, Aquaman felt like Thor redone as an Aquaman movie, which is fine. Which is fine. We got a lot of characters. We got a lot of interplay. We got some dumb stuff in there too. Don't get me wrong. But it, it basically, you came out of the movie feeling like, okay, I spent I spent decent money and I got some popcorn and I feel sated. Um, I mean, the other really that- well. Re- other really well-received DC movie, obviously, was Wonder Woman. And mm-hmm. the way I look at them both is, Wonder Woman was a better movie, but for some reason I enjoyed Aquaman more. Hmm. Aquaman just seemed a lot more fun than Wonder Woman, even though both were great. Wonder Woman, I mean, I, I love both movies, but I seem to have more fun during Aquaman. And so I think they've hit with those two, so it'll be interesting to see them follow up with, with Wonder Woman, I think that's next year. Well, what do mm-hmm. we think about Shazam, then? I liked Shazam. Me too. Yeah, Shazam was fun, but and, and, my, do- and my daughter liked, liked Shazam too. They intentionally made that a, a very small movie, though. Yeah, it was a little darker than I expected. Going, yeah, yeah. I expected yeah, it to be me a too. lot more kitty kid friendly, and it it blew me away when you know you've got you know the the bad guy throwing people out, you know, and, and the embodiment of, of of the sins was a little more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I, I I also don't. Don't know if I like the idea of a grown man telling kids to grab his pole and say and say his name. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, but that was uh, my, do- my my daughter loved that scene when they all grabbed the staff and say Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Shazam is you know I hope they can, are they making Shazam sequel. Well, the thing is, is you know, Shazam was a hundred million dollar movie, and it made what three hundred and sixty million dollars worldwide. That's not, I mean, that's good. You know, it made made back enough of its budget and everything for marketing. You know, because you say you know that you double it, right? So you know, it made a hundred and sixty million profit for them, basically. So you know, they've got something there. Are they going to keep it as small a movie, or are they going to raise it up? Now they're supposed to be making Black Adam with The Rock first. I would like to see them, you know, what, the one thing I like about Shazam is they proved that you don't have to spend $250 million to make these movies right. and to make them well. I mean, the problem with Batman v Superman was it needed, people said it needed to make a billion dollars to make a profit. Right. If you need to make that much money for your movie to be profitable, there's something wrong with your business model. And, and I think that there's been a lot of podcasters who've thrown out the, the idea here that um, uh, Marvel's in-game was pretty much, like Brian's saying, the bubbles first. That's the top level. You're not going to get back up to that. We're not no, going to see not. that again in our lifetime because there has to be so much buildup. We've had 10 years' worth of movies, all of them well-received. It, you know, we've reached the pinnacle of this thing, and now it's only a slide down, and that's for both companies. And even both Disney's, gonna, and, and the, even Marvel Studios is going to have to kind of readjust, reevaluate, and they're probably going to have to go smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, looking at the future, here's what I'm seeing as far as DCU movies coming. Now, their next movie is Joker with uh, Joaquin <sighs> Phoenix, and you know, I just that every real Batman fan does the same thing that I just heard right there. That that sound of derision, just like, ugh, why bother, you know? We and don't so, want an origin of the Joker. 
I know. So I, I see that all the non-comic fans are going to go see this movie and they're going to love it. And he's going to win mm-hmm. an Oscar from this. And then Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill himself. <laughs> you know? Well, no. It, you know the thing is, you dark there. I did not laugh. Look, 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 look. Uh, Jack Nicholson, you know, went to Heath Ledger when he took on the role of the Joker, and he says, "Look, you're going to have some very, very dark thoughts. You need to find a way of getting yourself out of that." And Heath Ledger did, and it ultimately cost him his life. Margot Robbie is having really, really troublesome times after playing Harley Quinn. She doesn't want to play it anymore. Because of what it's put into her head. What you have to put into your head to get ready for a role like that. It's just beyond. Joaquin Phoenix is already a messed up dude. Well, so was so, Heath Ledger. Yeah, so him taking on this role, I, you just you see tragedy one way or the other. Either the movie's going to go down in flames, or he is going to go down in flames himself. This is just me based on what I've seen and what I understand. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But but you know I, what? Is that the character's fault, or is that a problem with the actors? I think I think you you've hit the nail on the head. It's a problem with the actors. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is uh, I don't think this is the curse of Superman by any uh, uh, thing. It, yeah, stretch of the imagination. I don't even think the curse. Uh, I don't even think the curse of Superman is anything. Thing anymore. Well, not anymore. <laughs> I don't think it ever was. Bad things happened to two people. And there, yeah, yeah. Been Tom ten. Hanks yeah. could have played a, a damn scary Bronze Age Joker, and he wouldn't have killed himself after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Birds of Prey. Prairie... kill himself. Birds of Prey is filming right now, and so you've got, of course, Harley Quinn. You've got Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, from Scott Pilgrim as the Huntress. I like her a lot. Um, a lot, a lot. And was that uh, Journey Smollett as uh, Black Canary, and then Rosie Perez <laughs> as a Gotham Street uh, City detective. Renee uh, Montoya. The yeah, role she then, was born to play. And then uh, <laughs> Ewan McGregor is going to be the Black Mask. Oh, that's perfect. Mm, I yeah. didn't know any of nice. that. Yeah. Nice. No, I, did, you so, know, I haven't been really following the Birds of Prey movie at all. Yeah, it's uh, directed by uh, Kathy Yan. I know she's done some indie work. I don't know what she's done, though. And, is, uh, is Oracle going to make an appearance at all? Because No just, mention of her that I see on this. Ewan McGregor and Mary Elizabeth Winston did season three of Fargo together. They played a couple on that. So oh, my. Oh, they'll yeah, be perfect for They'll be perfect for that. <laughs> then next, and this is you know announced, and they've said they've got everything in there, but uh, Cyborg movie. No, I've heard uh, that was scrapped. Yeah, yeah, I understand it should be getting scrapped. And then Wonder Woman comes in June of 2020. Wonder Woman 1984. Um, so get ready for the porn stash return. Um, and uh, the, she got, the, I saw a picture recently of her in a very gold-looking suit. Yeah. And Pedro Pascal is playing Max Lord in that. Yeah, I did wow. see that. Wow. Yeah, <sighs> so that's, that's interesting. Are they going to shoot Blue Beetle in the head? <laughs> no, he'll stab him with his spear. Okay. Uh, sorry, Game of Thrones flashback. Diana going to um, snap his neck? <laughs> or explode his head. Uh, then Green Lantern Corps. Now, that's supposed to come out next year also, but I, have you heard? I have heard nothing on Green Lantern Corps. But, you know, with Jeff Johns being president and his love of Green Lantern, I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything on that. I figured that would move. I figured John Stewart is going to be the Green Lantern of the future, though they have not made any mention. One I really wish DCEU would just own the Green Lantern movie and move on from there and just 
But now he can't because Mark Strong was already uh, Savannah. <laughs> oh come on! We've had plenty of people, you know, switch switch roles in. in Not with that voice. Hmm? Maybe. Not- same universe. You just know we we can't get Ryan Reynolds back in that green suit for nothing, or even in a green screen suit for nothing. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to know the impact Green Lantern made at the end of Avengers, I was watching it. There's a woman with her kids, and when Thanos smiled at the camera, she goes, "You guys, it's Sinestro," <laughs> <laughs> and the kids were so excited. Oh, so that man. movie did make an impact. <laughs> I didn't hate it. It had problems, but I didn't hate it. It was it was okay. It wasn't wasn't anything special, but it it definitely it definitely talked to the uh, or spoke to the Green Lantern mythos that I remember. So right. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, it it wasn't really it wasn't really something that you know hit big. Uh, I don't think as far as any emotional cues. Well, it, um, it, it it had the same problem that the second Fantastic Four movie had. It reduced its villain to a gas cloud. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, there wasn't as far as anything that went on on Earth. It was wholly uninteresting. I mean, everything on Oa was really, really cool, right? You know, right. and and they handled that, you know, really, really well. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan as as Kilwalk. I mean, that's oh, just such a wasted right opportunity. There. And of course, Mark Strong as as Sinestro. He Another was wasted opportunity. Perfect in that. Um, <laughs> who Hal Jordan was, they never really, you know, I mean, they, they, they ruined it because they didn't make him a likable character. Hal Jordan well, is not a likable character. Likable character. Yeah. Well, if you're, okay. The thing is, if you're going off Gerard Jones writing, yeah. Okay. I can go with that. That's a, you know, a child molester, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Steve sorry, Englehart sorry, sorry. was the one that introduced that. Yeah. Well, no, no. It, um, I mean, that, that Hal was an alcoholic and a washout. Did Saving a Heart introduce that? That's that's James Owsley or Christopher Priest. Who wrote Who wrote uh, Emerald, Emerald Dawn. Dawn? That was Mark. That James Owsley. No, no, that was Gerard Jones. No, James Al- James Owsley wrote Emerald Dawn. I got to go grab my book here. One yeah, I've got it over here at my desk. Get up. Sorry, DC's across from me behind the computer. I ain't moving. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys go scramble for stuff. I'm sick. Yeah, I'm, my my bookshelf is. <laughs> Way on the other side of the room. No, I've got it right. I've got it right here on my desk. Is uh... oh, you're right. No, you're right. It was Keith Geppinger, Gerard Jones, and James Owsley. Yep, it was three writers. Yeah, Keith Geppinger, Gerard Jones, James. and Jim's Al- James Owsley. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, so what's the answer? Again, the answer is <laughs> all three. All three. All three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it gets completely obliterated because Gerard Jones was attached to it. Yeah, it sucks. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, don't is he in prison now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes. Yes. Good. So, uh, talking about, uh, well, let's move away from you know pedophilia, and let's the next <laughs> the next the next one that's on their slate is the Batman, which is supposed to come out July, June June twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one, and of course, uh, from what this had, this article came out in April. Everything has changed because we're dealing with Robert Pattinson. Right. Is Matt Reeves still attached to direct? Yes. yes, yes, yes. And I like Matt Reeves' work, so I, I have no problem with that. I mean, didn't he do uh, Cloverfield the first one? Mm-hmm. And then he uh, the, the all, I, the, uh, all I'm saying is the name like that. He should be doing Superman. <laughs> yeah, the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, which were very well received. Yeah, but then after the Batman, we've got Suicide Squad two. Now. 
Am I right that James Gunn's got his hands all over that? Yeah, he's doing it. He's writing and directing. I'm interested again. I, I think there was a casting for someone, uh, and, and don't ask me who, that also kind of, I went, wow, okay, James Gunn and this person coming on board. Um, who, who's attached to the... Isn't Suicide Idris Elba in it? Yeah, yes. that's who it was. Yeah. I forgot who he's going to be, but... Well, yeah. he's supposed to take over Will Smith's role as Deadshot, but he's, he's going to be someone completely different, which, yeah. I mean, wow, you can go anywhere there. Mm-hmm. Do they say who he's going to be, though? I don't remember. Bengal Tiger? Maybe he'd be a good well, Bronze Tiger. Bronze Tiger, Bronze that's tiger. right. That's what's wow. going But that's a deep pull. I mean, people are going to go, huh, who? But then well, again, they went, huh, who, to Slipknot uh, and Katana, as far as that goes. For oh, the Slipknot was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I mean, is the Flash movie on hold at this point? I understand that uh, What's-His-Name is actually helping to write it now. Well, Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller's Miller, yeah. been working on the Craptastic Beast movies. Ugh. I like the first one. Second one, oh, they just, both sucked. It was a wa- total wash. Ugh. Yeah, the second one I I fell asleep during, but the first one I, I enjoyed. I did. Um, and now the one property that DC has that has not been mined yet. That I mean, the one thing that they pulled from it, of course, was uh, Steppenwolf, and I just thought that was a waste. And there, there the, mo- a- the mother boxes the way they did in Justice League was just a crime. No, the whole thing was a crapshoot. But <laughs> the New Gods, Jack is, Kirby's New Gods, needs you know their own line of movies. They're making one, I heard. Yeah, Ava DuVernay is directing it. And didn't, um, they, didn't they recently announce a writer for that? That isn't that the director of Wrinkle in Time. Yes, but she's yeah, just done, because somebody does a bad movie doesn't mean yeah. they're terrible. No, no, I, she's I, done I, some I, other really good stuff. She's been a Netflix series. Uh, didn't they just pick up a that movie? Just pick up a right? Isn't Tom King writing that? Oh, that'd be cool. I thought I read that uh, maybe a week or so ago. That Tom King was writing the new Gods movie. Yeah, Where's my internet? He'd be he'd he'd do a good job with it. Did anybody read his Vision miniseries? No. Holy cow! Wait, who are we talking about here? Tom King. Tom did, King. Well, wait, what? I'm sorry, my brain keeps stopping whenever you mention that name and the word "good" together. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I, I I write the crap box, and I, I have I, I have grabbed every single Batman in a in this huge uh, amount appeared at half price, and I grabbed every an armload full of the, the of the rebirth Batman, and I, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be so great, and I sat down and read them all, and and immediately threw them in the trash, and it felt better. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the, the, no, <laughs> please no. <laughs> well, no, he is. He is co-writing it with uh, she whose name I can't pronounce. Ava DuVarnay. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like something out of the Kama Sutra. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking at anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, after that, they uh, they also talked about doing a Justice League Dark. Um. You know, with Doug Lyman, of course. Also, um, you know, to, to Jeffrey Taylor wrote something on Facebook that I found in, that I found funny. He said, "Marvel announces movies, DC announces a wish list." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because would you like I mean, to see this? The main character of Justice League Dark would be John Constantine, right? Right. And the guy born to play John Constantine right now is on Legends of Tomorrow, playing John Constantine. Constantine. And being wasted on Legends of Tomorrow as John Constantine. 
And then, of course, you got Swamp Thing that just got canceled on the have, DCU I, app. I have yeah. this feeling something like yeah. HBO is going to pick that up. Swamp Espe- Thing? Especially well, they've, got, they've got a DC show right now. They've got their Watchmen, so they could easily bring over Swamp Thing if it's as popular. Well, plus, HBO is owned by Warner Brothers. So. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, Dead Man? Dead Man should get his own movie. Dead Man... Agree. Just... I mean that 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 actually could be a, a, a another Scott Bakula series, uh, jumping into bodies. <laughs> Zatanna and Etrigan the Demon. These are all supposed to be in the Justice League Dark. Now, did any of you uh, read the book or the animated or watch the animated movie Justice League? I Dark? watched the animated movie. I watched the movie. It was decent. Yeah. Okay. It's decent. And of course, Matt Ryan did the voice in that one, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Batman was all over that, too, because what isn't Batman all over? It's like right. a goddamn rash. And speaking of that, the next one that they discuss is Batgirl, which Joss Whedon tried to write for years and couldn't, because um, he just couldn't Josh come Reed, up with the Josh story. Whedon, even things that have produced Josh, Josh, Josh Whedon tried to write and couldn't. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many different other things tied around Harley Quinn and Joker and Suicide Squad, the Gotham City Sirens... Uh, well, did the, Gotham City Sirens become Birds of Prey? No, it's its own it's its own uh, property. Because I think Matt Ayers is got, Matt Ayers was doing that, or I think it's, it's just so crazy. The guy who just uh, threw, hey, let's take the same set of characters and let's just throw out as many different variations and versions of them at the same time. I'm pretty sure Gotham City Sirens isn't happening. It. Yeah, and then uh, in addition to Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, Jared Leto is supposed to be doing one, but I think he's already distanced himself from that, hasn't he? Well, here, here's the thing. What if, I mean, if you have Harley on some level, you have to have the Joker. So well, do they... they've already they'd already said that they were going to try and do a jo- Harley Quinn and Joker movie. Well, they shouldn't, and they're not. No, out. they shouldn't. They absolutely <laughs> shouldn't. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, I, yeah. I am perfectly okay with DC movie multiverse. Yeah, just <laughs> like with their animated movies, they're not all in continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what uh, I mean. That's what this Joker movie is supposed to be. It's supposed to be just, that. just, be, just because the the creators can't Joaquin figure Phoenix. this shit out yeah. doesn't mean the viewers can't. I mean, the whole reason Crisis on Infinite Earth happened is not because the readers couldn't keep it straight. It's because the publishers couldn't keep it straight. Well, just a couple people in there couldn't keep it straight. That's the that's the problem is that you can't get universal buy in on any of these large sweeping you know changes projects. You know, they try to reboot Superman. They can't do that right. They try to reboot the whole DC universe. They can't do it right. The only thing that they rebooted right was Wonder Woman. That still screwed up so many things for other things. It screwed up Wonder Girl. And and now you're wondering on on Titans what she's going to wind up being. Oh, I don't know. Wonder Girl is the best thing about Titans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Great about continuity. Just look at Hawkman. Just look at. <laughs> I don't want to look at Hawkman. Hawkman doesn't want to look at his continuity. Oh, <laughs> God. I mean, unless Andy Kubert, or not Andy Kubert, but Joe Kubert was drawing him, there's no point. But that's just me. There's no reason why Warner Brothers can't do franchises for all their movies, for all their main, all their characters, and then be in the same world. They don't. We don't have to have the lead up, the whole big universal storyline like Marvel did. And honestly, as as we got deeper into the MCU, I kind of felt like the Marvel universe storyline was becoming a bit of an albatross. My favorite thing about Guardians 2 is the fact that 
it didn't play into the entire universal story, so that kind of felt refreshing on its own. Agreed. Man. I don't want to have to watch 22 movies to get what's happening in a mo- in one movie. I did because I watched them all the way through, but I don't want to have to do that kind of homework. <laughs> but, you, so, and, I, and that's just something been, I, I didn't notice. Did anybody notice you know, insens- incessant bitching from people that hadn't seen all the movies? No. no I'm not all. saying it's not out there. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is out there. No. I just never saw it. But honestly, the the people who haven't seen all the movies aren't on the internet about this, and they aren't podcasting about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, those people are probably just confused, and they probably had somebody next to them telling them what was going on. I mean, if I if I brought my, I mean, we had just gotten together. If I had brought my new girlfriend to see the Avengers, uh, to see Endgame, she would have had no idea what was going on because she hadn't seen any of the previous twenty one. Mm-hmm. So, I know my mother-in-law would have been going. What's going on? I don't understand this. There's so much to it. There's too much. Get me out exactly. of here. That's exactly. <laughs> really, what Endgame was was a celebration of the previous ten years, and on that level, it works as its own movie. Not so much. Less, the less dumbest. Less. The it's dumbest like com- it's like the, a, a series finale almost to your favorite TV show. The worst use of extended continuity, and it wasn't. It was. You know, in a Disney movie, it was having Darth Maul at the end of the Han Solo movie. Because <laughs> well, nobody that, is watching those animated TV shows that's not no. like a super nerd. And, and Right, and the thing is, the super nerds, we tend to think that everybody is. Because the, the reverberations are so loud in our own echo chamber. That we think everybody wa- knows that Darth Maul was brought back in. Clone Wars, or even who remembers Darth Maul. This is why I keep telling people who keep pounding that Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman Beyond drum all the time. Yeah, we would all love to see that concept, those of us who grew up with Batman Beyond, but that's like such a small sliver of the movie movie audience that that concept as a movie is not viable. As much as us, we would love to see that, the general public would have no idea what the hell is going on. You know, I I would I would counter that argument. I mean, I I think it's a valid point, but I would counter that argument with, you know, but our geekdom. I mean, we 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 all probably grew up around the same age range. We're at the same age time. When we were growing up, there was nobody who was into this stuff but us. Nowadays, it's a lot wider of an audience out there, and they may not be into the. Uh, minutia of the books themselves, but I, I think there's a whole bunch of people who have been brought in into the the concepts of these universes via the the other types of media, via uh, home video and via streaming services and via all these different animated and live action shows. Um, you know, people who went to go see Shazam, some of those were probably uh, people who had watched that show as kids. But had no, you know, no wider range touching of it beyond that. Who might have remembered it from Saturday morning, um, and that's fine. Or they're, or they're just waiting to see Gomer Pyle come out. <laughs> surprise! 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 Shazam! Okay, I'm yeah, gonna shut yeah, up. I, I was mentioning just the other day how I don't think that anybody in the several generations after me really understands the the depth of horror the first few bars of feelings actually is when it starts to come on as a song. I don't think anybody <laughs> remembers that song, but 
we do, and we would really, you know, like it to be gone forever, correct? But, but yeah, so but there's, every there's, time they play the Bionic Woman, there it is. <laughs> We're in that same kind of of, of, of era, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the the one thing that's interesting, I, I got to say, about all these movies coming out is I am not hearing the non-geek confusion that I expected to hear. Like, when Endgame came out, everybody goes, well, okay, so you got Spider-Man, Iron Man, all these, oh, where's Superman? I didn't hear that, which I expect to hear stuff like that every time one of these comes out. But the, the, That's because you're not talking to my mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, yeah, that's something, like I said, something I expected to hear but did not. And maybe my world has just gotten that much smaller i don't know but it sounds like mike's mike uh, is is hearing all those things i didn't ex- that i did expect to hear but didn't Oy. seriously she asked for superman well no my mother hasn't seen any of the movies but she doesn't ah. know the she doesn't know which character belongs to which company <clears throat> my mom wanted to watch uh, the avengers because somebody she knew did props for it she hadn't seen any of the other movies and they get to the first time that they address Captain America as Steve. And she's like, I'm out. And she's like, I'm like, what? Captain America's name is Steve? <laughs> That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I put up with it. And then that is no. <laughs> it's always interesting. What the, it's always interesting for people what the bridge too far is. <laughs> oh, my God. That kills me. Uh, well, let me ask you: Do, do you think that it, that they number one? Do you think they should be making these movies like The Flash and Supergirl that they've talked about doing, even though they've got you know lucrative TV shows that are on these characters? No. Yes, but they're going to because a uh, especially now when apparently now it's okay to have multiple versions of the same character out there. Mm-hmm. The TV shows do not have the earning potential that movies do. Even though TV is probably a better format for these characters, the fact that there's so much more money in film is what will keep them there, as long as they're making money. More instant money. Right. Because well, you know, well, I think over seven years of Arrow, they've probably made more than a couple movies would have made. Yeah, but you have to. you probably have to... I don't know Again, what the budget is, but you might have to spend a lot more money to get those. The uh, return on investment. Is the return on investment TV. is not as is not as large. Right, right. But it's something that you can milk forever now because you you will always have those to sell digitally or as part of a Blu-ray set or or whatever. You, you know they've got that, and it'll always you know with the movies you get that as well, just not as in bigger frame. Right. If they're gonna have Supergirl on the big screen, I want it to be Melissa Benoist because. I, I can't imagine anybody else Supergirl right now. Hmm. Have you been watching uh, Krypton? I have not. I, have. I haven't seen a single. Although episode. I haven't watched the past the past week's episode yet. But the I character am. that is that is called Nisa is I mean she reminds me of uh, what's her name Vandervoort uh, Laura Vandervoort that played Supergirl on the Smallville series, and I mean she could play Supergirl as I had read Supergirl. You know, back in the, the 70s and 80s. I'm not saying, you know, like, like Melissa Benoist is playing it now. But, um, yeah, I, 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 see, I see her playing, you know, playing a Supergirl every time I see her on screen. So it's a, she's an interesting character. So this is good. So Krypton is good. You guys endorse that show? Um, I, I watch it with my wife. 
I like and, it. And you know, there's some aspects of it I really I really like, and some aspects of it I'm like, what the heck? The the whole storyline you- surrounding the Zod family line. And the L family line. I mean, basically. Well, the time tra- travel element is kind of. Well, the time travel element is right. messed up, but still, you know, I'm going to spoil one thing here that's just going to make you go, "What the hell?" And that is that General Zod is the son of Seg L and um, uh, Lita Zod. Yeah, Lita Zod. And he was made the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's an L. And a Zod, so I'm just like, what? That, that being said, I really like the Colin Salmon as Zod. I really like him. He's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a role he's he's biting into with all his teeth there. That's for sure. Uh, he's chewing the scenery on that and having a fun time with it. Uh, oh, at, and, at, and, the, at the end of season one, I was about to kneel in my living room. <laughs> but they they brought in Adam Strange and they brought in uh, Lobo in the last uh, two episodes. Okay. And of course, they've had Brainiac on there trying to steal Candor. So it's uh, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's you know it's like Agents of Shield. You know, on on the faraway planets, the the the, wor- the universe is very very small where they're at. Everybody's in dark tunnels, caves, dark rooms with weird glowing lights. You know, trying to show off the future that way, and you know, it's not it's got on, the highest production value. It's on a Sci-Fi Channel budget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's... Well, Brian, that's if, if I do a season on Krypton 2 episode at the end of the season, maybe I'll give you a call. Okay. Cool. Uh, so, going back to the movies, though, you know, we, I mean, Supergirl, obviously, you know, there's definitely, you know, people see Melissa Benoist as the Supergirl, but I'm sure there's others out there that could play it and play it well. Warner Brothers needs to do one thing with the superhero movies. What's that? Make good movies. Everything else will take care of itself. Well, hold on a second, because well, what about the Titans TV series? Now, we've already talked a little bit about Wonder Girl, and that that right there is the perfect casting for Donna Troy right there. But you want her to be the Donna Troy from the Teen Titans that Marv Wolfman and George Perez wrote back in the 80s. Because all the other you know incarnations or iterations they've done over the years is just basically a slight bastardization of that in the first place. Right. But the other characters, Robin, I mean, Dick Grayson... He's not the Dick Grayson I've ever read, and a Beast Boy. Okay, I can see that, but Beast Boy and Raven being a couple—that's yeah. a little bizarre. That is. Uh, <laughs> okay. Have you all been watching the show? What in the comics? That's what they're doing right now in Teen Titans, or had been doing in Teen Titans since the the beginning of Teen Titans on this rebirth arc mm-hmm. was Robin or was a Beast Boy and and Raven are a couple in. Really, really weird. Kind that of all spins out of uh, the Teen Titans Go cartoon, uh, which is a hilarious show. My my nephew mm-hmm. just loves it, but he's he's so young, he thinks that Raven is um, Beast Boy's mother <laughs> because because <laughs> Beast Boy always calls her Mama, <laughs> and so he he was kind of surprised to learn that that was not what their relationship was. <laughs> But you know, it, 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 it's interesting the way uh, kids uh... formulate ideas. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Teen Titans series is moving at a really odd pace, and it's trying to give us too much all at once because it's already introduced Trigon. Um, I don't know. Have they? I don't recall have, if they introduced Deathstroke at all, but we've got Deathstroke no. everywhere. Yeah. 
uh, he's on every series there is. He's on Arrow, and of course he's in uh, the, the DCU movies. We saw him at the end of Justice. Was it Justice League? Yep. Yeah. That, that did that, and then there's a, another one. Uh, yeah, I believe there's another one that's going to show up in the Titan series. And I'm just like, oh man, just pick. He was name. rumored to be the original villain for the Batman as well. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Yeah, he was. And then who's going to be the villain when they come up with the Nightwing movie, which they're supposed to be doing? Chris McKay, who did the Lego Batman movie, is supposed to be directing that. Mm. That should be too I fake, mean, the, the thing is, that yeah. Titans has you know, Titans goes the way it looks like it's going. Robin will, Dick Grayson will become Nightwing this season. I kind of, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't become Nightwing at the end of the first season. No, he's. I, I wish they'd do it right where because he. He killed Batman in that fantasy world. Yeah. He he has a long road to hoe to, to win him his honor back. Because what should have happened there is he should have said, "You keep saying I'm becoming like you." Well, Batman doesn't kill, right? And walk away, but not say, "Yeah, oh, I'm I'm just like you." It smash his head. <laughs> he he's got he's gotta get away from that headspace to be able to evolve to Nightwing. You see, this is something I just thought about the Titans Batman, and we're going to see a little bit of him, because apparently we're going to get Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's going to be, what's his name from uh, Game of Thrones? Thrones. Uh, Glenn. Yeah. 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 I wonder if what we're going to see is, what we saw as Batman and Titans was more of what Dick perceiving Batman to be. Hmm. Versus what Batman actually is. And that may be. I mean, Dick does seem a little messed up in the head. Right. I, 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 you know, I don't like the Starfire character at all, the way they've done her. And, I mean, I'd, I'd like her to be more like the, the Wolfman Perez character, but they, right. I, they, they've gone so far away from it. I, I just don't think that they thought that that was something you could do in reality on a show and have anybody buy that character. But to make her what looked like at first a Russian hooker. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. And and you know to turn into what she did, there's some character changes in there that were really really weird. What was that family called that that came in there at the beginning? Looked like, looked like they killed uh, Dove at one point. Oh, oh I can't think of what their I name is. I can't think is, of their name either. They're, they're, I mean, that was awesome. I really love that storyline. So I liked but it that, quite a bit as well. My, Mike, have you seen this at all, Mr. Carlisle? I, I have not picked it up. I know it's on Netflix, but it. it it, it looks so uninteresting, I'm just going to say, uh, and not because I'm not a DC guy, but it looks so uninteresting to me just because of the the the, the kind of uh, kickback from Robin's attitude to the Starfire stuff, to the way that, you know, all these kind of costumes looked really kind of jumbled together and, and could have been so much better done by even cosplayers that, you know, I just felt like I'm going to wait till they get a couple of seasons in and then I'll I'll binge it. Um, once it's kind of solidified as something that is worth my time. Yeah, it has not found One thing I'll say about the trailer for Titans is the trailer for Titans really didn't do the show any favors. No, it did not. No, no, no. Push put me off, I'm going to say that. It it put a lot of people off, and uh, it really did the show a disservice. Because the show was, I mean, I'm not going to say it was great, but it was better than I anticipated. It was all over the map. It has not found its voice yet. No, it is not. It has a now, lot of great ideas in there. I really like the Hawk and Dove origin. And now we're interjecting Superboy into into it. Yeah. Which is, is, gonna be, is it uh, the, the Connor Kent? Superboy? Connor Kent, yep. Connor Kent. Uh, well, that, that's a draw for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of that character. So maybe. Yeah, Superman comes in. Daddy! And Lex Luthor comes in. Mommy! <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was always weird how that how that was handled in Young Justice. Superman is kind of the awkward, disinterested father. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, let me change subjects on you guys for a second because we've, we've been going almost two hours here. But Aquaman two, why has this not been announced or anything been said on it? I mean, it's their most successful movie so far. Why I, haven't they? planted down the stake and said, here's the sequel when it's going to be. Well, I think it has been announced. Well, it's a good question as to I why mean, they say so they went, far They far. say they're going to do it, but there's no real what it is I'm trying I'm, you know, is James Wan going to come back as the director? They haven't said that as far as I know. And they, um, who is the writer on that? David, Leslie Johnson, McGoldrick? That, what a mouthful of a name there. Aquaman gave us everything and the kitchen sink and about halfway through it I was like what are they going to do for a sequel because sequels are supposed to be bigger than than part ones and in order to make a good Aquaman follow up it has to become a smaller story yeah. than what Aquaman gave and, us and, and that's going to be it, really hard to do and, and they, they'll want to wanna pick a, they'll want to pick up on the story beats that they, they didn't follow up on and, I mean did did Black Manta ever actually finish an arc in that, or did he just kind of okay, we're done with him, we're putting him? It aside. seems like they're setting up Black Manta for the sequel. Sequel, and so it, a Black Manta story, so you have to have somebody who's going to be able to write a Black Manta story that seems as epic and you know all encompassing as every single crab monster under the sea attacking another crab monster or shark person or God only knows what, and make that epic kind of thing. According to what I'm seeing here, it has a, rele- a scheduled release date of December 22nd, 2022. Mm. As far as why it's so far off, the f- this is Jason cinema. Momoa is going to have to go on a diet. Jason uh-huh. Momoa is doing, a, doing another Conan movie. <laughs> see, it, it, oh, my God. This article is suggesting it's because all of the uh, all of the other movies that are announced, taking up the, the slots that uh, Warner Brothers has uh, available for avail- the because Wonder Woman 84. So this is one that could get pushed up. I mean, Wonder Woman 84 is, is the filming's all done. They're in post-production right now, right? And yet still we're like a year away from it. Yeah, I'm trying to see. See, this this article kind of old. So James Wan has not. I don't know if James Wan has been confirmed yet. Hmm. I mean, I find it weird that they didn't sign into a contract that had an option. Right. They didn't lock him in as a director. But, but it, it speaks a lot to the faith of DC if they, they didn't. You know, it's kind of, they, you know. They're you would think they'd want to strike while the iron was hot. Right. You right. think they'd, they'd option it anyway. But, yeah, the the uh, the character of Aquaman was, like, you know, was, like, never one of the top 20 of, of anybody's personal best. Nah. But the, the actor and the special effects in that thing that now, really did they it. sign Amber Heard to multiple movies? They must, have. Heard. They, they, they must have. I mean, you don't sign anybody without signing them to multiple movies for a franchise like this. Right. But, I mean, they, they took that relationship, you know, from zero to 60 in one movie, though, and that that probably was a mistake. Producer, director. Well, and you've got you've to think, okay, are they going to bring back... Uh, are they going to bring back Nicole Kidman? Can they bring back Nicole Kidman? All right, for, for, for what it's worth... Yeah. Here's what IMDb has listed for Aquaman 2. It does have uh, James Wan listed as director, which 
But if there's no real production information on it. Update, probably... updated as of February of this year is that uh, David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick is writing the script. So that's all I've got on it really at the moment. But late 2022 is what they're saying for it, which seems like a long time. But that's why that's, that's a whole four years. That's a big leap. Yeah, and, and I mean, the thing is, this is something that probably, if they're smart, they should move up sooner. Do they have a Justice League 2 anywhere in the in the no. the, the works? It, no. Because, no, they don't. Yeah, yeah. The, other, the other things that they've got on the pipeline, of course, is Black Adam, Black Hawk, the movie, which I'm like... Skycap in the world of tomorrow, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, let's see... The, I already said Nightwing, Black Adam, Deathstroke, which I doubt that they're going to make a Deathstroke solo movie. But, you know, Joe Manganiello, you know, as Deathstroke, that's actually not a bad idea, but I, I think if they just did a Deathstroke movie on its own, everybody's going to go, who? No, no, you have to have him with something. Uh... But Gareth Evans was signed to, to direct on that. All right, we talked about... Initially announced that. There's a week... I don't, this is not Aquaman's Shazam 2. Zachary Levi says... They're writing it. It's being written. Mm-hmm. And he expects to start filming either late spring or early summer of next year. Cool. Now, other movies they had announced were a Lobo movie, but this was before Krypton came on. But I'm actually Mike, hearing sci-fi is developing a Lobo spinoff. But Michael Bay was was trying to get the the, the get signed as the director of nope, Lobo. No, 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 <laughs> I know, no. I know, I know. No. Do I need to emphasize that anymore? <laughs> and then um, Blue Beetle. There was a talk about a Blue Beetle movie, but it would but, not be again Ted Cord. Cord. It would be it would be the Latino. No, no, represented no. On Justice and League honestly, I don't want to see Justice. Blue Beetle in a movie without Booster Gold. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. Booster and Beetle. That's Blue, yeah. Make a Blue that's and Gold a TV movie. series. Booster and Beetle is a, t- a TV series. Oh, that could be a fun buddy type movie. Wonderful. Buddy type comedy. Hey, and hey, then, of all do things... Do the Charles Universe. Throw the question in there. Throw uh, Captain Adam in there. Do the And whole call it thing. Watchmen. Wait a minute. Well, no, no. <laughs> Stay away from that dark and gritty crap. It'll just give us a give us the yeah. old Charlton Comics version of these characters. Have you seen the previews for the HBO, the new HBO series on Watchmen? I, I saw it, and of course it's nothing from the comics, which... Uh, I think it's smart. Isn't it more I, like Doomsday Clock kind of stuff? The follow-up after what happened in Watchmen? No, I don't think so, because Doomsday uh, Clock incorporates the DC Universe. Yeah, there's too much DC in, in Doomsday Clock. No, it, 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 I watched it and went, okay, so this is really not the Watchmen story at all. It's something else. And I'm not going to... I don't know. The Watchmen I'm not story, really interested in No. I liked Watchmen as its own thing by mm-hmm. itself. It was a novel, and it was good. And and that's all it really needed to be, right? Yeah. For 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 DC to go, okay, let's snake some little feelers over there and let's snag these characters. I, I really didn't even like the the before Watchmen idea of them coming yeah. out with more books that kind of took Alan Moore's story in different directions. Alan Moore wrote a story, let it be a novel, and just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, DC has kind of uh, wiped their ass with the Watchmen now. Well, they've got to. They've got to. Well, they've got to find another reason to excite comic fans. And one of the things that they want to do is let's. We've got these characters. They're sitting on. And another reason to piss off Alan Moore too. 
Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. a little bit of that in there too. <laughs> but gosh, you know, there, 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 there is so few, you know, areas where you can go. This was a great story, just by itself, just a great story, and we could leave that universe completely alone, never touch it, never come back to it. It, 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 it had character arcs for everybody. It made sense. And it ended on the note of, well, okay, you as the audience member, you get a chance to kind of put yourself in the story and go, I think I know where it's going to go from here. Right. And it's your own interpretation of that. And let that be. Uh, but no, we got to have, we got to know what it's, happened next. It's been 30 plus years since Watchmen came out. People are still talking about it today. You know, and we made a movie, and the movie, you know, went meh. So now we've got to do something else to bring people back to it. Well, it's, it's because of people that are our age that all this crap is happening. Because we won't let it go. Mm-hmm. It is our generation that's doing all this because we're the ones that are actually in control of the money right now. Well, okay, and, but, but you say that, but truthfully, we're not in control of the publishing houses. We're right. not in control of these boardrooms. And you know what? Yes, I can see how people will go out and buy that. But at the same time, you know, I haven't. I mean, uh, I've picked up Doomsday Clock through, you know, half price. If I've seen them, I've went, well, my interest is middling, but because of the crap box, i got to have one of everything just to, just to you know, have the potential <laughs> to review it. So, uh, you know, I've pulled in all sorts of jacked up stuff. But, you know, it, not out of interest of, oh, this story is going to be great and it's going to fix everything and it's going to make continuity seem okay. And, I, you know, this, this makes me think of, it gives me a flashback to when you and I were younger younger guys and we were in a comic book shop called Heroes Workshop. Oh, my bad. And um, it was right at the time when the X-Men were in the 220s and they were starting that downhill slide where Mark Silvestri was doing the art and I really disliked it. <laughs> yeah, I got and, rid of all my essential Mark Silvestri books. And and Mike and I are sitting there going through the books and the things and there's another guy in there. And the guy pulls up one of those Mark Silvestri X-Men and I go, ugh, that's trash. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, that guy says, well, we appear to have a difference of opinion. And the gal that was at the cash register, she says to me, I'm sorry, I've got five times more of him in here than I have of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it might, I mean, Mike and I were, you know, we're, we're those uh, diamond in the rough, maybe, with taste. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm a snob, aren't I? But the guy's like, I've traveled back in time from 1993, and I'm going to tell you about something called Cyberforce. It's going to pay for your kids' college education. So don't diss Mark Silvestri. <laughs> oh my god you knew how many copies the crap box contains of Cyberforce and then duplicate copies of those copies and duplicate copies of those duplicate copies right. less than a dime a piece movie trading company would give you three cents on each uh, copy <laughs> three cents I knew kids whose parents had boxes of image first issues under their beds they didn't care about comics at all, but they totally believed in the speculator market. And Superman number 75 was both coming through college. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I had one semester where I had to buy, sell, and trade comics to, to make my bills. Uh, and I sold, I had Green Lantern number 12, and I sadly had to sell that. That was a gift given to me when I was much younger. But, um, I mean, there was, for some people that had the eye, a way of buy, selling, and trading those books, they could actually survive. So, I mean, Chris Honeywell's kind of an example of that, isn't he? 
So a guy that I a guy that I met at who worked at at, at one of these half prices told me that uh, whenever one of his kids were born, he would pick a series, and he would buy and put back one book from that series a month. Uh, he would buy the monthlies and put them all back, and then when the kid turned eighteen, he would give them their series for them to go do whatever they wanted to do with. He said that one of his kids, I think it was, uh, when he turned 18, he'd given him, I think it was X-Men or something, and the kid had turned it in and bought a, a car with, with the funds. Mm-hmm. But that is just, to me, is is just the weirdest kind of thought that... Right. that Dad, you, you got him X-Men. Why do I have DP7? Your <laughs> <laughs> series is dead. Yeah, it, it, it just... I, I, I just... I looked at him and I went, wow, that's a really neat idea. And in the back of my head, I went, wow, that's... I don't know. It's How much scary. would you have made on the actual physical money that you would have invested if you'd have put it in something that was... I don't know. You'd expect all these books to appreciate that much, but do they... Right. Not not now. No. No, not now. Not the ones today, no. Okay, well, I've got one last movie on the DCU list to to throw out and see what you guys think, if if they should even attempt this. And that's Plastic Man. No. (laughs) It's kind of an instant no-brainer. No. Unless Brad Bird makes it. Yeah. Oh, um, hmm. I mean, is an animated feature, you think? Yeah. Why a live? Why ever a live action Plastic Man? We've never been able to make stretchy, squishy characters look good on film, except possibly yeah. in the mask. Mask. That's the yeah. only time, and, and that's that was my one. That's my one mm over here. Is I'm just sitting there going, could they do the mask again and have the character be Plastic Man? Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That was a perfect confluence of elements, including a decent director, a pretty good script, and Jim Carrey's. Uh, Young, youthful kind of style. I don't know. Before, Jim Carrey got power. tired of that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's a that's a tough call. Could it be done if the right elements came into play? Sure, but I don't know if they should attempt it. But since then, we've had Sin City. We've had uh, Frank Miller's The Spirit. Oh, that was great. That was a great movie. I I I would totally watch that movie again if I could find it somewhere. Uh, it, you know, like on a streaming service for free. It may be on something that I have, but I would totally watch that because it is so horrible. It is like the worst. I would sit there and make fun of that till the live long day. I love it. Samuel L. Jackson can just sit there and chew scenery all day long, and I'll just I'll eat popcorn and smile. I'm checking for you if it's on a DC app. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can watch it on the DC app. Oh, sweet! Well, I might have wait, to watch that wait, this afternoon. Wait, 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 wait a <laughs> oh. second. What year did that come out? Because this says 1987. Oh, that might be the Brad Bird spirit then. 1987? Yeah, he did a he did a little animated spirit. It looks live action. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh. take a look at. I've got a spirit from 2000, 2008. That's that's uh, Frank Miller. That, isn't that what he was talking about? Yeah, and I'm just like I said, I'm 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 I've pulled up the spirit, but it says the date on it is 1987, uh, starring Sam J. Jones, Les Lennon, Gary it's, Wahlberg, and oh Anna no, Visitor. that's the li- that's that weird live action one. Yeah, they they did do that. That's the one. 
That's the one. That's awesome. But that's Samuel awesome Jackson's not listed in the credits, though. Man, a visitor from Deep Space Nine is in it? Again, again, this is a movie that was so bad that our collective memories like purged it as soon as we watched it. <laughs> but I'm certain that it's I'm certain that it's worth. A, a, a this maybe... is not the same movie. This no, is, that's uh, that's I... that that's the TV pilot, the '87. No, the the one you're thinking of is the 2008 movie, Brian. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is, what's on the DC app right now is the 1987 movie. It's not on the, the, on the, the DC Frank, app. The Frank Miller, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the DC app too and seeing 1987. I'm not looking at the DC app. Oh, what are you looking at for 2008? I saw that on IMDb. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think it's on the Well, if you stream it Showtime, you can find that there. You can find it there. Oh, well, there you go. Anyway, (laughs) I think, think, you know, we've we've pretty much covered all the... uh, the ground that we can cover as far as as what we see now. The, the, The thing is, if you look at DC and Marvel and the state of not just the movies, but, you know, the comic book universes, there's a lot of discussion going on saying, yeah, I mean, some people say that the comic book, you know, world is going to die here real soon, but I I don't think so. Not as long as the movies are lucrative and, you know, both companies are owned by large companies, Warner brothers and Disney. And so they've got no reason to see them go out. The comic books are their research and development for the movies as it is. The thing is the, uh, the publishing houses are not valuable to either Warner Brothers or Disney. What's valuable is the IP, the intellectual property. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, as soon as uh, either Disney or Warner Brothers has to start pumping money into those publishing houses, they're gone. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't know. I think they probably are pumping some in right now, but uh, they're not because I can't foresee those things being profitable. They're, they're just. I also can't see them being that large, of, that big of a drain either. Well, you Maybe know, not. it's funny because they're kind of a low budget in, thing. I walk into when the you, comic when you book look shops, at the major Warner Brothers, and there are so many new books coming out every month. You know, DC, Marvel, and Independent. It, it it seemed like a much larger variety of books coming out than whenever I was buying books. Well, Marvel you know, though is they're just putting out everything under the freaking sun. If you look at the list of what DC DC releases in in a week and what Marvel releases in a given week. Marvel's got at least twice as many books out there. Hmm. I think DC is kind of scaled back and uh, focus. DC is scaled back, where or maybe Marvel is just ridiculously flooding the market. I don't know. Now DC and Marvel have gotten away from most licensed, um, licensed you know materials, except of course Marvel with uh, Star Wars. But that's you know well, that's not really li- is that really licensed yeah. anymore. Well, I know that it goes under more scrutiny than now that, any of now the other that, properties. Now that Disney owns, now that Disney owns Marvel, it's yeah, easy, and Star Wars, it's easy to hear about property, publish it here. They still have to get the magic Lucas, you know, Lucasfilm approval to be able to publish any of that. Whereas, you know, I mean, back in the in the eighties when Marvel was doing Star Wars and they tried doing Indiana Jones and other stuff. It was so difficult that a lot of the good creators quit, and I'll, I'll of course use John Byrne as an example. You know, yeah, but now they're all under now Star Wars and Dis- and and Marvel are all under the same umbrella now. So I don't yeah, know if it's as it, much it's, a license. <clears throat> but as far uh, as license property goes, IDW and Dark Horse still do most of that. Yeah, and I, I've been liking what I see out of IDW. Um, I, I did like the Dark Horse stuff in the '80s and the '90s, like Alien and Predator and all that. There was a is lot that, of fun stuff there. 
Is that burn Indiana Jones worth me shelling out the eight bucks to pay for the two for that? issues that he did? Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. I mean, basically that that right there is a, a, a another movie all into itself. Okay. Um, a lot of fun. I kind of get the feeling that he was a little looser on the pencils and let Terry Austin do a lot, a little bit more with the inks in those. Um, and of course, you know, he did, he didn't do like Harrison Ford character likeness, uh, too much, but so you, you, when you see his Indiana Jones, it's just a guy, it's not Harrison Ford, but mm. when you're reading the dialogue, it, you know, sounds like Indiana Jones mm. in your head. I disagree because uh, I think I, I crap box reviewed that, and I, I think I, uh, my point was that Indiana Jones without the music was not Indiana Jones, no matter. Oh, I hear that. But I play the music while I'm reading. It. <laughs> Good God, Mike! What's wrong with you? You playing Nirvana back there still? That's the nineties, man. Eighties. Uh, I'm on, I'm all over Cardi B today. <laughs> Okay. All right, guys. Well, uh, we've been on for two hours, and I, I do have other things to get done today. But I really appreciate y'all jumping on here. Do you guys have any last thoughts or anything you want to say before we drop? And then also remind people where they can find you if you really want them to. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything. I think I've said my piece. All right, Patrick. Yeah, I'm. Ha- I'm happy. This was a, this was a great conversation, and I thank you for putting your feelers out and finding us all. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. How about you, Mike? Thank you for allowing me to throw on with such a, a, a luminous luminaries here. And uh, <laughs> uh, I know the crap box has been on hiatus for quite some time. Uh, sooner or later, I'll get back to writing it. And, well, do you want to give everybody your your uh, URL or or whatever uh, they can find you? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be sure to put a, a tag to it in the uh, on the pages we post the episode. So. Uh, that way they'll they'll have a way of finding you. So is it is it? And I always get it wrong. Is the crap box? Is it the sound of Cthulhu? Crap box of sound of Cthulhu. That's me. That's you, Mike Carlo. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Mike Zumo. And, uh, and thank for, you, Brian, for uh, yeah, thanks, Brian. For yeah, it's my pleasure. I've had uh, that rant going ready for years. I just didn't have a place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to be be Mike's show officially. We're gonna, um, he's going to put it out through his feed. Yeah, that, that, if, if Mike oh, is fine if that, that happens, do I have to edit this? No, I'll edit it. Okay. You just need to give me any any uh, audio pieces that you need thrown in there for the beginning and end. But we'll figure that out. Uh, we'll, we'll figure that. You know what we should do. We, all right, let's let's sign off and then. Uh... All right. Well, for this podcast, which I don't know what the name of it is, I'm Brian Hughes. <laughs> I'm Mike. All right. Do you want to give your where you are, Brian? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me, of course, at 2TrueFreaks.com. Uh, I, I host with Tim Elliott on the uh, Third Degree Burn podcast. And also you'll see me from time to time on the Fear the Walking Dead cast, from time to time on Mindless Drivel, and anywhere else I can stick my head if someone is stupid enough to let me on their show. Hey, if I can find my way into MASHcast or Cheerscast, I will. So we'll see. That's over on the Fire and Water Network, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? And Pat, Patrick? Um, I am at Next Generation's First Generation, a Star Trek watch-along podcast, and I also frequently join uh, Scott and Chris to talk about superhero TV on Weekly Heroics. Uh, most of the movies that Mike has covered lately, I have come to visit with him on, and I'm hoping uh, we get to talk about the Ruby Spears uh, Superman together. 
Um, <clears throat> I'll be coming up on that by the end of this by the end of this year. Now, awesome. Has, has awesome. your Superman three show been out yet? Nope, that dropped. That, that comes well. By the time this comes out, it will have. All right, I'm dropping then, that. On, I'm dropping that on Tuesday. And then we're uh, yeah. are we three doing Superman four? I I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll put out the feelers again for Superman four. Yeah. All right, but that's probably right. not until September, probably at least. So you guys got a lot coming up in the future just from us alone. So hey, have fun. Enjoy the shows. Download a new podcast today. There's always <laughs> yeah. something out there for everyone's fandom. Uh, right. For everybody else here, I'm Brian Hughes saying so long. See ya. Hasta luego. It's finally here, coming to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. General? Would you care to step outside? It's Superman 2 Movie Minute. Chris Franklin and Rob Kelly are back to discuss 1980's Superman 2, five minutes at a time. Superman faces his toughest challenge when he squares off against Lex Luthor and three villains from the planet Krypton. Superman 2 Movie Minute, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Man, this is going to be good. All right, welcome back, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed that discussion. I'm just going to wrap things up here. If you want to send feedback to the show, it's always welcome. Manofscreen uh, at gmail.com. And I will share whatever feedback I get on this episode with Brian. So if there's any feedback, and I hope there is a bunch, he and I will go through it and uh, talk about it. If you want to join the conversation over in the Facebook group, just put Man of Screen Podcast in your search feed and the show should come up. You can also find the show on Twitter at Man of Screencast. Till the next time, folks, we're all on the same team. Good night. podcast is produced by Mike Zemo, and all opinions expressed on the show are those of Mike Zemo and his guests and no one else. All music and samples used on the show are for review purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. All music and sound clips are copyright to original copyright owners. The Man of Screen is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, and can be found at www.twotruefreaks.com. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link to twotruefreaks.com to shop there. If you do, the two true freaks get a little cut of what you buy, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you can shop as usual and help out the two true freaks at the same time. Emails of this show can be sent to manofscreen at gmail.com. And you can also leave the show a review on iTunes. That will help others find the show. Thank you for listening to the Man of Screen Podcast.